0: Welcome to another edition of the Lodestone Training and Consulting Podcast. I'm Jared Ross, and with me tonight is Chris
1: Johnson. Flynn. Chris number two, or like Chris. Like Chris? I think it's like Chris. I, I don't know. I'm starting to go towards Chief. It. Chief?
0: Yeah. Hold on
2: a I, I like to, Hobo Chris. I want to do a test real quick. Okay. Hey, cool, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <See>? <laughs>
1: nailed, yep, nailed it. All right, so you're uncool, Chris. There you
2: go. That's how you guys chose to self-identify. You know, I, I didn't say no, who, you, you which did, one was. It's totally them.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since I'm quartermaster, Chris, That's right, I'm, I'm grumpy, Chris. <laughs> I'm name brand, Chris. Oh, he's also flamboyant, Chris. Flamboyant, Chris. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Just because my urban disguise kit, you know, I happen to have a very hyper-colored backpack that doesn't scream, I'm a tactical guy. This has an AR in it. You definitely blend in by standing out. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. Know your operational environment. Absolutely. Why are we here today, my brothers? Well, I just want to thank you guys
0: for listening. So today is season four, episode one. And what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be revisiting our rifle setup. Uh, We did actually it turned out to be almost four hours so so two episodes that we did last year beginning of last year about how to set up a rifle and why we do what we do and uh, we thought we'd revisit that and it's been a year i know there's been some changes in our own personal if not our work firearms and uh, yeah we'll take it from there i don't have a work gun anymore
1: (laughs) why is that (laughs) because i'm a staff guy now oh
3: that hurts that hurts yeah i re- i want to jump in here and be like yeah you know guys i've uh, i've seen the light i've uh, decided i'm i'm going to run a uh, ak uh platform in 556 five, uh i've got rails on it i want to have put an aim point because you know i i want to be that special guy in the range um now i no longer i, I know the condition of my weapon if it's going to fire the next round or if the magazine's empty um so i get that surprise but i can't do that i, I got to be honest I really haven't changed a lot to the system, my main primary system, but I have switched completely for my my backup yeah. my AR pistol. Um I'm running a ten and a half inch um AR pistol. Real it, quick, that that was a joke about the A K. Right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. All right, I was gonna say 100%. if you want to have
2: a self destructive habit, just do heroin or something <laughs> instead. <laughs> I judge
3: you less. We we, we right. need to have intervention for yeah. uh, Chris. Yeah. He's he's switched over to uh yeah, no no uh, it, nothing against the AK I have aK AK good for what AK does um, if that's your primary really look at that why you're using it. if you're using it because I want to be that special guy in the range use a tavor everyone yeah. will think so t- yeah, yeah someone will, Come uh, on. that's you want a toy get a toy well we had that that Steyr at the y- like yes. Life yes. challenge yes yeah. and yep. you know I'll give it to the guy he he did not quit on it. No. Um but so primary is is a normal civilian sixteen inch uh <clears throat> AR platform. My my backup is a AR pistol, ten and a half inch with a, a law folder on it. Like I made that joke, flamboyant, Chris. I can put it in my Coco Paxi uh, backpack. I'm not running around with it in a tennis bag because honestly do i look like i play tennis hold you on here
1: so for those of you that don't know what kind of bag that is it's a rainbow colored gym bag kind of
3: i rainbow is an understatement it is brighter than rainbow if a would you say it's effervescent if a unicorn hit a rainbow or iridescent <laughs> it would <make> that bag. <laughs> yeah quite possibly quite possibly yeah it was bought with the intent of that's not got any a gun in it, yeah. you know, and not in a sense so, so. You're to, saying don't be the gray man, be the rainbow man. <laughs> operational environment, there operational go, environment. Okay, um, and I, I say it because you will have guys that have a truck bag or something, and it's like a tennis racket bag, and yeah, that AR fits in it. But do you look like someone that plays tennis? So, so that's the thing we talked about. Like, um,
2: I call it like when at work professional, I call it like, hey man, we're not the police. Wink like it's almost like a subconscious desire to be noticed mm-hmm. as like oh yeah. oh did you catch that like uh the bad guys in Die Hard 3 when they're robbing the bank they're all wearing suits and ties but they have high and tights and combat boots like all right like so i think it's the same thing as yeah. i think there is a subconscious desire to tactically virtue signal like hey look i'm a gray man
3: and you're dressed all in gray like arc'teryx like it's i i will admit that i you know <laughs> I, i'm i'm having some trouble this year um yeah. i have bought a lot of od green clothing lately but there's nothing wrong with that. I, I know. It's just yeah. like one of my daughters actually pointing out to me. She's yeah. like, Dad, are you going through your green phase? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like,
2: like Picasso with his blue
3: face? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you're right. Everything I have bought since your mom passed is OD green. Yeah. Maybe I need to buy something with some color. Yeah. 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 But back to my uh, – yes. what, what I've done differently this year. Yeah. Um, it's a very simple run. It has a uh, hollow sun – simple red dot, you know, a, a aim point clone. Uh, why am I running on that? Because that's the site that I have. That's a spare site. I, uh, as that becomes, you know, I, I continue to develop that, that platform over the next year. Yeah. Quite honestly, and this may be a shocker, I'll probably put an aim point on it. Um, I don't think it needs an EOTech. Uh, it's an emergency thing. I want it to have the battery life where the EOTech I know I gotta do the PCI's, PCC's on that, where this thing is a grab-and-go type thing. I want something that's gonna be go. Um, so the endpoint wins there. Uh, I know, I hope no one wrecked their car right there. All right, yeah. I apologize. <laughs> um, I do have a Inforce uh, uh, rifle light on it. I like that light, It's it fits with that build. Uh, is that that little low-profile one that... It's got, yeah, it's got the little switch that yeah. comes yeah, up yeah. and, yeah, and That's that, For yeah. something like that, that's perfect. And it, Again, because it has that lock, I'm not worried about it getting bumped in the bag and turning on or anything like that. The battery life is pretty good and reliable on there, uh, and it's, it's just my backup gun yeah. right now. Plus,
1: you can switch that
2: to RR, correct? That one, yes. Yep. But with that form factor, you don't want it to snag on anything. No. It's the same thing. Like it, yep. If you're carrying a duty revolver, again, I always like to bring up the history and the guns and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You're going to carry a square butt revolver with your hammer and all that. But if you're carrying concealed, you want a round butt. You want a, a hammerless or, or a spurless revolver because you need it to not snag. You're drawing this thing out of a bag. Yep. You don't, it's not a full on like, hey, we're deliberately gonna go conduct an assault. It's a, I need to draw a gun out of a bag yep. or carry it there without it getting snagged,
3: hung up on that, so. Uh, so that's, you know, when Jared said, hey, let's, let's talk about what we've done differently. And I thought, you know, my primary, it's identical to the way it was, minus one thing and I will admit is a complete failure. And I have yet to change it out <laughs> because I am a sucker for a brushstroke. I put a brushstroke <laughs> sling on it and it's a fashion accessory. Makes gun. <clears> it, <throat> it makes the gun. It makes the gun. It just, it, it ties the room together. So it's, that's what, like a plus six at accusation? Is that a... No, it's it's a, a charisma. Oh, charisma. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh um, charisma. Yeah. Uh, the problem with it is it's, it's just too short. Charismatic Chris. Short. Yeah, it's... It's just too short. Packing them up. All right. Uh, so I, we all know you run your sling long. Yes. And it's not long enough for me. It's a, I'd say maybe four inches too short. What? I put your gun on. It was plenty long for this guy. But you didn't take a look. There's not enough to hold it in the ties. So I, I don't mm. trust that sling. Um, and no, so like the way it's set up right yes, now, yes, it's in set fact, up. It, I couldn't cinch it enough. Yeah, it, it has it has enough length right now, but it doesn't have enough to to fit in the grip. If like that, that sling came under load, I'd worry about it slipping out of the retainer. Okay. Um, so I'm switching back to my Blue Force, uh, or no, my Vickers. Uh, same thing. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the VTAC sling. Uh, I like the slick fabric on it. That's the uh, that's the uh, Viking tag. Yeah, the Viking techs. The Kyle okay. Lamb. Yeah, the Kyle yeah, Lamb. Right. I like the slick uh fabric on it. Um and I like the size. It it's what I've run since shoot, since I got to group. Yeah. And uh I'm I'm really happy with that. So that is, you know, I got I was a sucker. I saw it on Instagram. I'm like, Oh it's brush stroke, I have to have it. In a moment of weakness, I ordered it, I threw it on the gun. I I ran one of our basic classes with it, was frustrated. I played around with the length, and I'm I'm worried about the buckles not having enough. So it's off, going back to uh, something that's tried and true. I think, honestly, what that sling belongs on is either an FAL or a a Galil. Which I saw one in the wild today. A Galil? No, no, a a FAL. And uh, it was a chocolate chip camel pattern. And, uh, you know, I just really have a hard time – At Christmas time, spending two grand on myself, when I have one of my daughters standing there like, Dad, but what about my Christmas? Hmm. Daddy needs this gun. You'll have more. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's always next to your kid. (laughs) So it's still left out in the wild. I'm not not saying where it's at because I might go next month and pick it up for myself. Hmm. I have to paint it. Yeah. Can't leave it that camel pattern. I'm sorry. No. It's it's not right for me.
0: Well, did you notice it too? It had... The uh, bipods on it, but it's a short barrel.
3: That was huh. so.
0: That was somebody's interesting project. Yeah. Yeah. It,
3: it, honestly, I didn't look too hard because I. It, if I started looking hard, I might have done something fiscally. Uh, yeah. Irresponsible, and then I might lose my name of quartermaster Chris. You know, <laughs> frugal Chris. Yeah.
1: Can't have that. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't switch much on mine. I am going to go from a 10.5 inch pistol. I'm going to a 16 inch with a standard uh, collapsible stock because I've got long arms and that 10.5 yeah. with that pistol, the uh, pistol brace, I just can't get a comfortable length of pole on it. I feel like I'm all yeah. compact and I'm not holding it. Like I, I can't get that full arm extension. So I want to get that full arm extension. So I'm going to switch that up. Plus, Adding those extra six inches is uh, not a big deal.
3: (laughs) Well, as I've been saying all weekend, you know, sometimes you need to learn how to do more with less. Sometimes you need a little bit more. Yeah. There's some advantages to going to a a 16-inch. I think we've been in such a hurry, uh, just any of us, because of our our background. We have, we've all run M4s, 14.5. Um, we've always had that shorter gun, but did we know why?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was nice riding in vehicles for guys that were driving and stuff, but you know, like Afghanistan trips, just not worth the the loss. Uh, yeah, of the having loss the ten and a half short. inch. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, really, it's when you set them up side by side, you're really not gaining that much if you if two. Yeah, what's that, two, three inches of barrel length? Yeah. Is the difference of you being able to get into and out of a car, then uh, you should probably go back to the drawing board and work on your techniques of actually entering and exiting a vehicle.
2: Yeah. I actually uh, attended a vehicle CQB course put on by another uh, agency mm-hmm. that they hosted us, and uh, that was one of the things is, is uh, some students had removed their suppressors or didn't have suppressors, and we, me and my guys, we kept ours on, and because we had been uh, properly trained, Absolutely. We had no issues maneuvering inside of a car with the suppressor, whereas guys, even they had little shorty 10 and a half inch guns, they were having some issues. And that. it just goes back to weapons manipulation. I was teaching a vehicle
0: class <clears throat> yeah. a couple of years back, and I, I'm sure I've shared it on the podcast. And these guys had some really nice, you know, looked nice, super short 7-inch, 10-inch barrels, and they're having problems. So yeah. I, I busted out my old <laughs> FNFAL, STG-68, I mean 68, 58. So it has its super, I don't know what seven seven inch, seven inch yeah. flash hydra yeah, yeah on a, already like a 20 inch barrel and i was working the, the car yeah. again it's all technique yeah and, and that's the
2: problem is is like uh like i started off with a g36 which is the same size as an m4 except it's got a 12 and a half inch barrel mm-hmm. so like it's got the same size and worse ballistics but uh <laughs> german engineering oh,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> hey why well, use five parts when 50 can do that's right. uh but when we switched to the M4s, we were actually looking at getting full-size M4s, like 14.5-inch barrels. But then we decided we wanted to use sound suppressors. So, like, okay. We deliberately went with an SBR because mm-hmm. we were going to use sound suppressors. It wasn't like we wanted just to have a short gun. We said, okay, we want the most ballistics, but we want a sound moderator to cut down on, on noise and blast for, for various reasons. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And then you also look at your mission set. Yes, right. Exactly.
2: Like, yeah, it's very am much. Am I
3: taking a 600-meter shot? No. In no. my city. No.
2: I, I actually think you'd be hard-pressed as law enforcement or even an armed citizen uh, outside of a total societal collapse to take legally take a 100-yard-plus a shot. You'd, you'd be hard-pressed. You could justify, but I'm
1: just saying most scenarios, it's not even going to present itself. I think I'm going to switch my optic for my home defense AR, something with a shake awake on it. Mm-hmm. So I was yep. running, running the kids through the drill, and uh, they had to run up the stairs, go uh, um, employ the AR and uh, be ready to go. And they all forgot to turn on the optic, <laughs> <laughs> which I've done myself too. In the middle of the night, I'm like, oh, i got to turn off the alarm because I don't know when the cat's knocked over a glass or something. And then the glass sensor goes off, yeah. the break thing, and so I go down there.
3: And he has like nine cats. Yeah, I didn't know you're a cat guy, Chris.
1: I am not a cat guy. How? Oh, well, no, my sorry. wife is a cat. Guy.
3: Well, then your wife is pretty Crazy. cool. Crazy. I like, I do like the cats. cat lady. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I guess they're my cats too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're no. your
3: cats now. I, I, I was trying to keep up with them, and I couldn't. So then I just got twelve rabbits. Yeah, yeah. Which he helped me take care of. Yep. So you're saying they're shake
1: awake. Wild. Yeah. So shake awake. Yep. Just so that's one less step for myself yeah. and, and for the the family to uh miss
2: so. so out of curiosity what optic did you have on your
1: it it's still on there because i haven't bought a shake awake right yet. so i'm running a what's on that that's a vortex mm-hmm. red dot
2: yeah the shake awake stuff is, is interesting i know a couple of federal agencies actually specified that for a couple of things and especially i think it's coming more mature as uh, red dot duty pistols and concealed carry pistols become mm-hmm. more of a thing so I think it's definitely some technology to keep an eye on.
1: Oh yeah, my son. So he put a Swamp Fox on mm-hmm. his uh, what's that? Glocky guy. Shadow Systems. Shadow Systems. Yeah. And uh, so you can turn it to either a manual on/off or okay. you can set it to shake awake. Yeah. And that thing is super sensitive. Yeah. So he's got it mounted on the side of his bed. Yeah. You know, so a little holster there. And uh, but yeah, if you just barely touch that bed mm-hmm. you can see it yeah yeah so hmm. it's uh it's pretty impressive well with
0: me i have two primary rifles well one's a pistol one's a rifle <laughs> that uh th- that i'm running and so the the pistol with the, the law folder embraced really haven't changed much but i i found someone who was selling one of the old Trigicon uh reflex sights so I don't have to worry about shaking. I don't have to worry about batteries. The thing is just fine. Yeah, and that's that's
3: what I like on that system on that gun. Yeah, I, I think we've talked about this on the podcast. We saw it in the wild. I'm sitting there trying to justify the money, and, and then and, I grabbed and, it. And he buys it as I'm sitting there having the, you know, I'm like walking back and forth, like I can do it, I can spend it, you know, I won't get in trouble. And he's up at the counter. I'm like, Yep. Well, you snooze, you lose. Yeah,
1: that's right.
0: But then, and on that one, it's a. a ten inch no 10 and a half inch barrel. Yeah. But I did the same thing. That's the one that I have a, a dedicated can on it. Yeah. So it's a Silencer Co. uh Omega is what I have on that. And really it's sh- it's short, but it's short because I wanted it with a can. So that's what I, c- I can use in the house and and whatnot if if there's a bump in the night, that's the one that I'm, I'm going to. So I don't have to worry about flipping on the sights or yep. or anything. And then same thing it has um like like Chris, I usually have the uh um enforce
3: yeah, the enforced lineup yeah yeah i wish i mean i'm I'm really happy with the way that sites are coming along and the different technologies and things that's coming out there sometimes old school is is good yeah i I wish some of these newer companies would take a look at that and be like oh we could do that so i think what always happens here and actually i want to come back to suppressors real quick yeah well,
2: we'll go back to suppressors later but i think what happens is i remember the uh Remember the old Surefires, like the old incandescent Surefires, mm-hmm. and how there came a point where Surefire kind of petered out, and mm-hmm. they had the Malkoff drop-ins and the Cree drop-ins. And then eventually Surefire realized it was losing market share and yeah. said, okay, we've we got to save those big, fat government contracts. And then they stepped up their game. And I think that's kind of what happens is some of these smaller, more innovative companies come out with them, some things, because let's be honest, if you're sitting in number one, you feel pretty comfortable with what you're doing. And these smaller companies and people switching to them then drives that development, which either means that the big companies fall off and fall by the wayside, or or they pick it up and
0: you know. So I think either way, the consumer
2: wins. Mm.
0: Yeah. The other one that I have it's the same rifle I've been running for a while. The only real adjustment or, or thing that I've changed with that is I recently got a a D ball A three uh, mm-hmm. and, and put that on there. Haven't really run it much oh, yet.
3: And- it's zeroed. We got it zeroed for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. We used that. Uh, when did you guys use that?
3: We did that uh, the other night that's just right. to. We, we're up in the woods waiting for the class to start the night before the class. So, uh, Chris and I just went and did a little shooting because you know night okay. vision and it, we're up there at the range, no one around for miles. Why waste an opportunity to train? Yeah. So that's really the, the biggest change is finally
0: having the money that I could personally afford to yeah. throw that thing on there, um, and that's. You'll, you're going to be seeing that at every low-light class and, and everything. That'll be my primary weapon
3: that I'll, I'll be demoing with and everything. So that was fine. I, You know, I don't mind that, that the the buttonology for that. Yeah. It all yeah. made sense. Mm-hmm. And I, Because, you know, we, we ask a, a question about lasers. I automatically turn to Flynn and be like, oh, you know, you have a lot of time on your hands and you really enjoy reading about these things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love it. I, I go with, hey, what did the government give me, you know? Yeah. And... That's one of the first times I've like really done a lot of playing and putting my hands on that D ball. And I'm like, I don't mind this setup. It's very, um, user friendly. You
0: know, the first time I really started playing with them was a few years back when I had that, the deployment to, to Jordan and I was working with some of their soft and that's, that's, what that's they had on, what they were running. That's what yeah. they had on all their, their ARs. Yeah. So actually, uh, again,
2: cause I get bored and like to read government contracts. The, uh, I eat. appreciate it. I really yeah. do yeah. appreciate so it.
1: So, do you do this when you just like sit on the side of the road in your cop car, or is this like?
2: Well, I don't sit on the side of the road. That's that's a that's a county thing. I oh. sit I sit on the street.
1: Oh, I <laughs> sit on the street. You park behind the Dunkin' Donuts after you get your coffee
2: and donuts, and then. Dude, I'm, I'm more of a bagels a, and tea kind of guy. I'm oh. classy. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I put on it. Don't <laughs> careful. <laughs>
3: careful, I'm careful. Really excited. Oh, <laughs> coffee and
2: tea
1: almost gave me a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, knock
2: my microphone over. Yeah, God jumpy blame it on the tbi yeah like everything else yep um but i think that the d-ball was actually during the time period where they couldn't get enough PEC 15s because it was one of those unlimited indefinite delivery type things yeah this is actually classified i think it's got an nsn and it's actually the the PEC 15 alpha is what the the d-ball is so i think it's like an approved alternate type thing yeah um but, yeah, no, D-Ball's good. I know uh, in the past they had some – the way it zeroed, they, like, load the screws, but that's done. And and I know uh, it sits a little bit higher, but I think that's pretty much the only difference in the PEC 15 It sits a, a touch higher. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I can say it's definitely got an impressive illuminator on it.
3: Yeah, oh, yeah. It, well, walking around in the, in the yeah. woods with it. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, it was we had rain coming in uh so we lost our loom and it was good and, and that's uh, I was thing, happy as, with it as an armed citizen or if you're buying your
2: own pack you have to consider is is the illuminator mm-hmm. because that's one of the things that's really restricted on the, the legal eye safe stuff and uh as much as i do consider the PEC 15 like the standard the problem is the one. the illuminator is kind of wimpy and, you know, then that means you either have to say, hey, this is just for CQB, or you have to use a Surefire Vampire head, but mm-hmm. yeah, that, that d ball definitely is a much, much better, much cleaner, I don't know, I guess that's just their secret sauce they use, but the, it's definitely a better illuminator. So that's one less thing you have to specialize with on your gun. And
0: honestly, that's the reason why I went to that. Yeah. You know, for, yeah, that's for what myself. I figured, yeah. It's just, I'm so much, yeah. uh, so much more time with yes. the Pac-15s yep. and stuff with work. That's, but, and again, those are the, the military ones, so yep. the the is a little bit more uh, powerful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I had occasion to have a uh,
2: an LA-5, which is like the ultra-high power yeah. Pac-15. And uh, yeah. putting that next to my civilian eye safe one, I felt very inadequate. It was... Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was did you take the blue screws out so you could get the full... Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah.
2: That's the first thing I did.
1: Obviously.
0: Wait, I said 15, didn't I? That's a 5. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. a 5. Yeah. yeah, the LA-5 is like... Eating charges again. The, yeah. the Death <laughs> Star. That That's... Yes. That, yeah, that's
3: <laughs> Yeah that's pretty impressive so Hmm. so you said you wanted to talk about suppressors no
0: before we get to suppressors you you made some
2: changes too didn't you yes I did actually make some changes Uh, some of them actually that we discussed in the podcast Uh, I changed my sling from a Vickers to a Viking Tactics because uh, same thing I can actually snug down that sling so much tighter especially the stuff I do going hands on with people I wanted Mm -hmm. a sling that I could really really snug in tight um so I changed that. Uh, also too, I wanted to work on positional shooting and the Viking tactics sling is much more supportive of, lear- of doing the positional shooting, you know, building a position, things like that. And uh, yeah, let's see what else. What else, I changed the receiver extension. We're, we're starting to do an overhaul of our guns. So I changed from a Colt four position to a Geisele six position, okay. just to have more positions. That's the whole team, but that's again, more positions, more, more options
0: see you know i've, I've found really that i only go to two positions but then yeah, so, it, so but do you have I. more options yeah, because yeah, yeah, exactly. body type, I, body type so, that's all it is yeah. um either with kid or without
2: yeah. yeah yep pretty much oh yeah i i actually oh um well,
0: where's your l can
2: well the l can's gone we'll talk about this first this is the <laughs> this is actually the bigger change so i was running a surefire dual fuel but uh one of the issues that surefire's biggest customer is the military and as I understand it, their role for white load is much more flood rather than throw mm-hmm. because you're not using it at long distance to ID targets because for obvious reasons, it's a bad idea in a military <laughs> environment. So I noticed with some of the surefires there, beam pattern had changed. I wasn't really crazy about it, especially working Roger, where, where we have it's called uh, transitional lighting conditions, meaning I may have to illuminate something in the dark, but I have to push my light through a street light, something like that. Like I can see, but I need to push through that light a photonic barrier as it were and a good friend of of lodestone officer 29 had been on me for a while to try mod light and i was against mod lights because at the time they were all rechargeable and i don't like running all rechargeables because yes obvious reasons yes you you can't just swap new batteries in well they came with a dual fuel head which runs both on that rechargeable 18650 or the cr123s Really. So I uh that's news to me. Yeah. So uh
3: why isn't he telling us these things? I don't think he likes us anymore. I I have to <laughs> you really want to know what the truth is?
0: He starts talking and all I hear is wah wah wah
3: yeah, wah wah and true. I start
0: to tune it I in. I know it's nerd stuff.
2: Light bright, light oh. good. <laughs> okay. I okay, there we go. All right, yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So um no, I'm interested. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh our good friend officer twenty nine sent me a dual fuel head to borrow and try and I just kind of threw it on a spare surefire and drove around, uh, you know, the street, not the road, the street, (laughs) just finding like different spots and, uh, comparing it to this. And it was, it was impressive. I mean, like, like I was like that night I texted him, I said, Hey, how much? Like it was a demo. I said, I I don't even want to be down. I want, I'll I'll just buy it because it could
0: punch through. What's the average cost?
2: oh god i don't know let me look it on my phone okay yeah I, yeah, so, yeah, do that so i have a bad habit of when I'm, like i don't look the cost of gas because i have to get places i had to have this light so i was just like yeah just tell <laughs> me how much it was so my light dual fuel and that's just the head because you know and it works on surefire bodies, so i don't have to change anything out but it's impressive if you're an armed citizen or, or how police. many nights on the couch did you have for it zero Okay, then it can't be that bad. You have to have a slush fund. (laughs) Oh, okay. Black Ops. You came out of the blue money. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Not that such a thing exists. There is no slush fund. Um, Because she's listening. I have no recollection of those events, Senator. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, the Mod Light, um, it just punches through. It's got a very tight, clear beam, and it's, it's powerful. And that was what sold me on it is, let's say you're in a parking lot, and there's a dumpster, and there's a suspect there, and you need to ID him or say, hey, does he have a gun or not? Yeah this because police we use white lights so much that's what really sold me on it. i just see chris's eyebrows go up so i think he saw the price
1: <laughs> i'm gonna check another site <laughs>
2: <laughs> just yeah. to make sure yeah i don't uh i will say again for police use i probably wouldn't mess with it if it was just rechargeable because it is dual fuel i i i felt it was worth it mm-hmm. i felt it was worth it uh it, it's uh especially for the armed citizen if you're getting yes that that yes it's it's tight i mean it's it's i live in a very dark area and it's like okay that's impressive but it's in that transitory that transitional lighting area where it really really uh shines so to speak i like the photonic barrier photonic barrier. Well, so there's a whole scientific explanation on it that i really don't want to do but basically you have to have light to overwhelm the light that it's going through in order to have it Penetrate, yeah, penetrate that. So it's, it is impressive. I was impressed enough to buy one. I have another one on my. I now bought have a mod light handheld, for my for my street vest when we're cruising around. And I also uh, have a mod light pistol light. You don't have a road vest? No, it's a street vest. Not not a road vest. It is a street vest for the street, where the real police work.
0: (laughs) Oh, now
1: we're gonna get some hate. Yeah. You guys ready for this? Yes. Bum bum bum. Just for the head, two hundred nine dollars. Is that how much I paid? God, <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Uh,
2: well, now you say it like that. It's a lot of money um, for a light bulb. For a light bulb, yes, but it's worth it. I, it we were actually on a uh, barricaded subject, and they pulled the armored car out front, and you know we have an older one, and it had the it's trying to shine its lights on a window, and just to I was like, oh, I wonder how bright my the mod light is brighter than the, the armored vehicle's uh, spot spotlight so I was really yeah it had that much that much punch I, I can't it. even
0: really because ta- I'm was it,
3: I'm hell- thinking the hellfire right yeah, now hellfire. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah
2: no we don't have any hellfires in this thing like I, I'm sure the newer some of the newer lights are better but this yeah. thing is this thing is all all throw it's it's good it's good so uh so yeah that's my light. one thing I don't have that I want to change but due to supply shortages I can't surefire makes a rear tail cap that has the push button and the tape switch plug Chris has not just convinced me about Viking tactics slings, but also the importance of having that that manual switch on your light still. Because tape switches do fail; it's a fact they do. But you still got one on there. Well, yeah, yeah. Because why wouldn't you? Because why wouldn't I? Right? Yeah. I want to have both. Yeah, I've got my my manual just the 15 It's got a tape switch, but it's got the the fire the manual yeah. fire yeah. button. Same thing with my white light. So, cause I because Chris is right, you should have a manual backup. Because I have had several tape switches die on me but you know
3: i just consider cost of doing business
2: uh yeah
3: what kind of mount do you have for that aim point
2: yeah so anyway i was using an l can but i got tired of the weight because like chris said in the podcast that i listened to so first yes why did you go to the l can initially magnification okay. i want a magnification and at the time the magnifiers that I had used were: I was using a T1, which was not ever envisioned to be used with a magnifier, so it did not magnify very well. It had kind of a smear or a starburst reticle. Uh-huh. And I was using the original aim point magnifiers, which did not have any sort of windage or elevation adjustments, which we'll get into later. So, which caused, uh, <clears throat> for lack of a better word, a zero shift you'd zero up magnify through the magnifier that you have and you'd have to do patterning drills and like mm-hmm. guess where it's going to be. And additionally, I had an older eh, I can name the company. Um, I had the T1 in a LaRue lower thirds mount and I had a LaRue magnifier mount. And The problem is at the time because it's I, it's an older mount that I have a lot of this stuff wasn't like ironed out. So the the LaRue mount height was kind of split between the lower thirds and the absolute co-witness because back in the early 2000s, there was a big debate over lower thirds or absolute. So Mark LaRue said, hey, we're only gonna make one, we're gonna split the difference, which results in more optical offset and then some shadowing and some stuff. And so it's it might be fine maybe for uh, general use, but in policing where you can't afford to have any mistakes, I, I didn't really have a whole lot of confidence in it. So I wanted a magnified optic that, magnified well was a, was a small package so I went with the Elcan. Uh the problems with the cam was it did have a slight zero shift going mm-hmm. from one to four. Not much, but slight. And it just kind of ate at me and worried me. Battery life was obviously not that of an aim point, even though it has a fixed reticle. So that wasn't here nor there. The other issue I had with the, the cam besides the weight, which, like Chris said in the last podcast, it's built like a tank and it weighs the same as a tank, Yeah. was the, uh, that little lever on the side it uh, occasionally would get flipped or switched on my gear and then I'd bring it around front and because the form factor because it's so low profile I wouldn't notice it and I don't want to to take a shot at four power at at CQB distances and then realizing too most everything I hit is tiny little project departments things like that I'm lugging around all this four power capability and I'm never really using it so I was going to do an NX8 and then I realized doing some barricade drills with a LPVO that an NX8 (laughs) well it's a great optic, if you're primarily doing CQB and working in weird positions, you need a red dot. Yeah. yeah. So, I went and got myself an Aimpoint T2. And I uh, did a lot of math on uh, in my notebook, trying to get perfectly, the perfect mount combo, because what I realized was I wanted to have it higher, but not two inches high. I wanted to have, sorry, th- these guys are yawning here. We're getting down in the weeds uh, on... Uh,
0: no, 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 that's, yeah.
2: you're, you're fine. Yeah, so... Long story short, the, the, the standards that what I had envisioned was I wanted it higher than lower one-thirds. I wanted to have it perfectly optically aligned between the magnifier and the, uh, the optic. I wanted to be able to adjust the magnifier with uh, windage and elevation, which pretty much everyone does these days. And I wanted it to be light because I get tired of the weight because it's already a heavy enough rifle. And I wanted to have the ability to both flip the magnifier to the side but also remove it quickly because I hate carrying extra dead yeah. weight. So I wanted that good form factor because carrying a rifle with a magnifier flipped to the side is not terribly. That's
3: that's the reason why I yeah I have one for my gun yeah and I I just keep taking off. I'll put it on. I love it. Yep. And then I'll be doing something with it. Yep. It and I, just, I take it
2: off. Or it gets bumped on your gear. Yep. Now you're back to the same issues mm-hmm. before. So after a lot of soul searching and a lot of uh, yeah, soul searching, yeah, like it's a religious uh, experience. Soul searching, like, like
3: for Chris's. This, this is the
2: words... Way. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Hey. yeah. Yeah. That's,
2: ah, dude, that's
3: good. Oh. That's good. Yeah. We, we found them. He yeah. taped them back on. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, so anyway, T2, I was meant to be used the magnifier. Oh the scalar works one-thirds mount because it's very light and it's very precisely high. It's not like a guess lower one-thirds. It's it's 1.57 exactly, which coincides with the uh, Wilcox magnifier mount, which puts it perfectly up the center line. And then on top of that. I put on a Wilcox riser, but I chose to go with the 0.410, not the 5 eighths, because I didn't want it to be over 2 inches. So the optics are all perfectly lined at 1.98 inches. And why did I want it higher? Uh, more heads-up shooting position. I spent a lot of time on a gas mask. And also passive night vision engagements. Mm-hmm. Yes, as I've said before, the EO Tech is better. At passive night vision engagements, it is the ideal. But
3: it is still possible with the. It's very an doable with yeah. an aim point.
0: You know that that's something, that's something we've really been doing a lot, lot more of. Yeah, messing around with with the passive stuff, both yeah. with uh, with pistols, yeah, oh dots, yeah, pistol, yeah, as well as yeah. Yeah, running with with rifles. Yeah, shoot, we had one. That was that a special uh, yeah thing that, where we had the one guy shoot broke back with yes. his rifle passively. I mean, he he that's had, impressive.
3: He yeah. had uh, dual tubes, and so he was going. Left eye, right eye, right. You know, because whichever yeah. side he was on, doing broke back and he was doing with an aim point. That's and pretty impressive. Yeah, that well, he got it from there, and he was like, "I now know why I spent the money on the dual tubes." <laughs> yes, right. yeah. You know, and yeah. it, he's right. You know, he has that capability. So the. Uh the reason
2: that the EOTech works better with passive engagement is all about light transmission. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very, very thin lens. You get more light through it. It's just a it's fact. A, it's a big box. It's a big box. It's just a fact. Aimpoint has more lenses to pass through, so more lights get gets eaten up. But it still works. If everything I was going to do was going to be passive, it would be an EOTech. But most things I'm doing are white light, or I'm using my laser. Mm-hmm. But I still want the option to do passive. And again, a lot of time in a gas mask. Yeah. We start seeing people use more and more high-rise mounts. The thing is, though, uh, I wanted a, like we discussed in the chat, I wanted an optic setup to kind of do it all. I wanted it to be okay in the prone, like not really optimized for any one thing, but kind of do it all, whether I'm on a gas mask, using white light, using night vision, in the prone, whatever, because one of the big issues with a lot of the 2-inch-plus mounts is, is doing aiming in the prone. It's, it, it, it stinks, especially if you're wearing a ballistic helmet. Yeah. Then you can't only get your head back so far, and they throw in a magnifier. So just make sure whatever you're buying is right for you. I'm not saying you have to go out and buy a Wilcox mount. I'd tell Chris to look up MSRP on the Wilcox mounts, but I don't. His eyebrows still haven't come down. Yeah.
1: I know. So. Right now it's probably around 400 bucks.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, no, that, that's, okay. it's a Wilcox. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's true. You just got a W for the 400. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You haven't got the Cox. Yeah, Wilcox, Will <laughs> Wilcox. Yeah.
2: But, um,. So actually our friends over at Night Vision Devices helped me with the math and making sure everything was perfectly set up because, again, I want the precision. So we're actually... uh, I've got two magnifiers here. I've got an EOTech magnifier and I have an Aimpoint magnifier. Right now I'm using the EOTech magnifier because that's what we had on hand. The uh, Aimpoint magnifiers were coming on a slow boat from Sweden because, again, supply shortages. Yeah.
3: You know, I don't like the newer style of the EOTech magnifiers. The adjustment knobs are are proud they're yes, exposed that's and they get bumped that's uh we use witness
2: marks on them mm-hmm. it, it, I, I see that you got
3: that and yeah you can see you make those marks and you'll see that it, yes. it shifts where i've got i don't even know how old mine is it's we're old. talking like 2011 yeah. maybe it's only like um, the old samson mount yes yeah. it is they're recessed you have to use yes. a screwdriver to get in there yeah and they stay
2: yeah and that's why again we're issued the, the the eotech magnifiers and they're fine and they're great but again my teammates say that i'm particular i'm so particular about my stuff i i don't want to have to worry even though the witness marks we just Again, it's zero is fine, it's great, it's optically clear, but that just worried me so and
3: you can you okay, you, you have the witness marks. So yeah. when you get in the truck you look at it and you're like, Yep, yep that's I'm, what y- I did I'm yeah. on. Right. But then you start running around on on the environment on the city yeah. street. Yeah. And uh you bump it. City road. And you've <laughs> you've now made a, roads don't have potholes. <laughs> uh, I don't know, country roads. I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. Obviously a city yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> You bump it as you're moving around, and you don't know that. Yeah. And now no. now you've slipped your zero. And we see it time and time in, in our classes. Oh, yeah. People come with a magnifier, yeah. and they don't understand that you've got to zero two things. Yes. And they don't zero it correctly, and they, they get really frustrated. It's twofold. On them for not doing the research, and then on everyone else for not providing the education. It, that's the thing is I was actually surprised –
2: I had to hunt down quite a bit of information, mm-hmm. talk to a couple of people who had, who had really known what to do with this stuff because we, we were having issues using the magnifiers. Guys were getting frustrated. They wanted to actually get rid of them, but magnification is so huge for identification. Yeah, absolutely. That, so that's why we're issued the, the EOTech magnifiers. And, again, they're, they're good. They're optically clear. They adjust well, but those
0: mounts, you know, that, that and bug- there's no way to lock them down either. That bugs me what you said about some of your— uh- people calling you particular particular yeah I, because I, I mean what you're doing yeah nine times out of ten if not more you're going to go hit a place you're yeah. do something and, and nothing's going to happen right but it's it's not if it's when yeah. it really does and if they're that complacent then you need to be on your gear needs to be ready it needs yeah. to be you know set up and man that, just think that that lackadaisical
3: eh, w- whatever when you yeah. run at a certain level you're running at that level you know if you're in group if you're on one of these high-risk teams everyone needs to be on par yeah it's it's not you're not here for fashion you're not here because well i grew up i always wanted to do this yeah you want to do the job and you want to do it for that reason
2: it's said lovingly it's said lovingly okay Okay. all right. All right. right It is lovingly like they're like all right particular because then they'll come up and say Hey, so uh, what do I do? And that's (laughs) exactly so so they know. Okay. Look, everybody's everybody's got their specialty, and mine is being really, really, really particular. Mm. Some might say on the spectrum, but particular is the preferred way. He's good at math. Yeah.
0: Maybe that's why you're here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but yeah, with the magnifier, so I felt strongly enough about it to actually actually go out of pocket for an aim point magnifier, and and again, I have no issue using again. I have no problem spending my own money on my own stuff but I, I do it if the issued stuff falls short Yeah, and thankfully most of the time we have the best stuff but uh, to me you should be the only variable and that's why I'm so big on equipment is because once you solve the equipment game then all you have to do is worry about yourself and making the right decisions. so but yeah the aim point they're, they're recessed you have to use a tool to move them so I just don't want stuff getting bumped because yeah. oh yeah, again like you said most times nothing happens and nothing ever happens until something happens
3: I like that how the they copied EOTech and then EOTech was like, oh, we got a good thing going. Yeah. Let's mess it up. Yeah. 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 It, it's
2: disappointing too, because I really didn't want to have to buy my magnifier. <laughs> mount. I, was, I was totally fine with using the EOTech one. And again, that's the thing is EOTech mount or EOTech magnifier, aim point EOTech mag, aim point magnifier, whatever, just, you know, cause they're both, they're all quality. Yeah. But yeah, that was my particular thing was the aim point magnifier. Uh, what else did I change? Oh, um, that was the other reason I wanted the Wilcox mount. because I wanted the ability to pop it off. And that's the unique thing with the Wilcox mount is that it's got this little horseshoe style mount, like a, like a set of dual yeah. tubes mounts yep. and you can just pop it in, pop it off. So most of the time, uh, we're hitting little houses. We have short approaches, but if we have a long approach, I'll keep it on during the approach. And then, all right, we're about to hit, take the door. I'll pop it off and stop, drop it in a pocket or whatever. And then, oh yeah, I was gonna ask, do you have a dedicated pouch or? No, nah, just because, in, because it sticks out pocket. weird. Yeah, I just okay. stick in the pocket, or uh, if it's the winter, my uh, Eagle Industries hand warmer.
3: <laughs> I heard those got a lot of use this weekend. <laughs> I, you know, um, I like what you said about it. When yeah. you're in kit, when you're in kit, you don't kit, have access when, yeah. to your pockets. That's that's why so, I have it. Th- so there's a purpose for it. Yeah, when you have perfectly good pockets on your jacket Stick your hands in there use the jacket pockets I yeah. mean, especially when it's a nine hundred dollar jacket i know you, know, you got to get I mean, you got to get your money's worth out of those yeah. pockets and
1: it, I, i'm sorry there might even be money in there there might you know. be yeah, yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> i've actually wondered what arcterics jackets are lined with i would cut mine open I, I expect to find just a bunch of dollar bills <laughs> lining
1: the jacket sometimes yeah uh, that's why they cost
2: 900 bucks exactly yeah side. just filled with dollar bills but uh yeah, so I'll just drop it in my cargo pocket. Okay. And, and again, you know, that's.
3: That's one of the things I like about the, um, the flip ups. Yeah. Is they are durable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they're meant to kind of, you know, be bounced yes. around back yep. and forth. Where some of the variable optics out there, yeah. They can be a little on the sensitive side. They and, can. And you and know, you got to
2: pick one with capped windage and mm-hmm. elevation adjustments. Yeah. So, but uh, that's the thing I want with the T2. Over the issued T1 because the T2 has been optimized for use of the magnifier. Because the time when the T1 came out, magnifiers weren't really like a thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's absolutely a secret sauce to, to zeroing magnifiers. And typically it goes zero optic, mount magnifier, zero magnifier. We will get in depth in an article that I promise I will write in a timely fashion mm-hmm. before magnifiers are old technology. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,. <laughs> Did you roll your eyes? Did you just roll your eyes? I rolled my eyes myself. Yeah, huh. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll type it up on my Smith
3: Corona. <laughs> so, uh, I'll tell you the secret. You write the articles. Mm-hmm. You never send them. Mm-hmm. And then four months goes by. Wait until Jared is sending me a text in all cap. Where's the article? And then you just bombard him, and then he gets overwhelmed, and he forgets yeah. all about him. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know? Or he just read them, and he's like, Chris. This is garbage. You're, why do you waste my time? Yeah.
2: but so that, oh, so that was the big thing. Going back to red dot is barricades. You come to a class, flat range stuff. Everything works in the flat range. Once you start getting the barricade work, some munitions in the house or live fire shoot house, you start realizing like, hey, this is great, but I'm in a weird position. And if you ever had to use a low power variable optic or an ACOG or an L can, it's it's the eye box is much less forgiving and you can get in some weird positions. So that's why I just said, hey, I got to accept what I do. I'm going back to a back
3: yeah. to a red dot. Um, and yeah, I'm trying you, to think. You know the you, you bring up the ACOG. Yeah, I saw a lot of guys running the ACOG early G because yeah we had yeah we had you had that ability to um, to see distance, but their their quantifier for it what they were they were judging off of was the army qualification yeah which is a static range targets between 25 and 300 meters and it was great at that 300 meters and what they were judging it versus was uh in an aim point of cco at the time yeah. those were our two options and so a lot of people thought that was a super- superior system yeah it was on a static range 25 to 300 guys get overseas they start doing more dynamic stuff you're having to have these odd awkward positions and that little tiny window
2: is yeah. just not enough yeah and the icogs the acogs had some pretty unforgiving eye boxes
3: yeah. oh yeah i i ran one i i like i like it oh yeah it's tough sight i i like the reticle in it it's a very um user-friendly system yeah it just isn't big enough and you can't really make it bigger Yeah, you know i at least i don't know how yeah no, that's why i ran with
1: a uh Forty five offset. Offset red, yeah. red dot. Yeah. Yep. But I have done all the barricade positions with it. Uh did the broke back, all yeah. those with it. And yeah. You're just looking through a little little straw hole, just trying yeah. to find your reticle. It took some time, but how yeah, you, did you can make work it getting? work, but yeah. I, I just take work now. Yeah.
3: Not ideal. Yeah. So um And that's the thing. You can make a lot of things work yeah. when you have the time yeah. and convenience yes. to make them work. But what we're talking about is something that I need to work right now yeah. to affect that situation. I don't have time to bob and weave my head. Yeah. I need to see that dot and take that shot.
2: And as far as – uh, so one last thing that I kind of – we talked about in the last podcast, like backup irons. Uh, I don't have backup irons in my gun. The nice thing about the Wilcox is that it comes with a little slot on the, uh, the riser for a backup iron set. Yeah. It even comes with one little – riser for the um a riser for the front iron sight but the problem is if i put it out in front i end up blocking my ir laser on my uh my pec and i've got about uh looks like you need some more real estate that's right real estate that was also mentioned <laughs> in the uh the last podcast yeah. so we're just just repeating ourselves now I know. yeah basically I, I end up with like a seven inch i tried to make it work and it was just it was becoming more of a hindrance no. yeah it's i just say all right i'm, I'm just going to take the irons off so I just, my PEC 15 will have to be my backup. Or, again, being realistic, if you if have you a red dot optic, you should practice dead dot drills. We call it shooting the tube on my team. Mm-hmm. If you just shoot the tube on an aim point or an EOTech, you can make hits out to 10, 15 yards without really any issues. So And that's actually faster than, you know, bloop, bloop. Yeah. Had you ever? Does anyone here ever actually practice flipping their backup iron sights up? A long, long time ago when I ran backup sights. Right. Was that, But was that like a thing? Like, okay, Dot goes down like karate chop your
0: your sights the position like Chris Costa. No,
2: no, no,
3: yeah.
0: I would flip it up to zero it. Yeah, and yeah, then they would go back down, and that's where they would stay. But let's say like CQB distance, your your dot all of a sudden died.
2: well no, you yeah, doing?
3: you're just shooting. Right, so shot. yeah,
1: yeah, a lot of guys would just leave them up. Yeah, they just run them at the same time. Yeah, it was it was like 50 Yeah, You'd either leave them up or they were down. Yeah, but yeah, we never practiced. Yeah, and then
2: at some point you're like, all right. Like if I could fit
1: them, I would, but
2: I can't fit them. Yeah, and then that gets in the way of actually like my primary sighting system. Well,
0: you've seen you've seen our um, my, my work gun. You've, yeah, you've been yeah. to my place. Yeah, so you've seen how we all have the, the sights flipped. Yeah, and that's just yeah just for that. space. But you don't even yeah. have, have the space that no, we have run it there yeah. to, to do that. Yeah. So risers are cool,
2: but make sure you need one. And I think that's all the changes I made. Mod light sling, went back to an aim point magnifier. That's it. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So, at the private gun club I belong to, <laughs> um, it's much more an older crowd, precision rifle oriented. Yeah. And I'm out there shooting with a eleven and a half inch, because I'm particular about my Zero. I check my Zero weekly, whether or not we're at the range or not, because temperature changes, things like that, can cause issues. Var- variations. Variations. So, I check it weekly, and I'm the only guy out there with a 11 and a half inch AR with a Surefire suppressor on it and an aim point. And uh, I'll check it on paper at the, the 50 because that's where I'm shooting at. And then I'll hit the steel. We have a bunch of steel uh, okay, uh, gongs. I think the biggest one is like 8 inches out to 300 yards. So I'll do steel, 50, 100, and, and 200. And some of the old guys are, I, I didn't realize you could shoot that far with that little gun. And I check well i mean people see it and they think it's an across the room thing and i check it magnified and unmagnified just because i probably wouldn't take an unmagnified shot at 200 yards but yeah. i like to know that it can be done and that's the same thing with, with these little guns people have the, the pistols and sbrs come to a class and see what they can do you know don't don't think you're limited just because it's an inside the house gun that all you can do is inside the house stuff so yeah that's all the changes to my gun
0: before we move on anyone forget anything I know the latest thing that I, I purchased, I didn't mention this yet, yeah. is I got a uh a new was it Raptor uh charging handle with the the cuts for for a can. Mm-hmm. I just got tired of, of eating the gas. I haven't tried it yet. Maybe it's a gimmick, maybe it's not, but I'll I'm gonna be running, you know, my my pistol. Oh with that and maybe trying that Speaking thing. Speaking of eating gas, that's yeah. what I went to we had talked about another podcast. Here's a, at the
2: time I was running a uh Colt H three buffer with the standard spring and I got tired of replacing worn out springs we had talked with the Super 42 mm-hmm. so I finally said you know alright I'll switch to the Super 42 and it's it's been great um, I eat a lot less gas it, it's in every every yeah. one of my guns and and I'm not wearing out recoil springs the only uh, downside but again we talk about if you want the performance you gotta do the work mm-hmm. uh, when we do uh munitions or uh, you know UTMs which are, are better, better are better I'll admit that they are better <laughs> <laughs> um, yes they are uh, I just got to swap to a, uh, I just have an old H buffer Mm -hmm. and and a worn out spring just so it'll function with Mm -hmm. the, uh, with the Sims. But you know, again, I I, I like it, but we also have to be cautious about tuning our gun too much because at some point, you know, reliability takes a hit for quote unquote smoothness.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah. So cool. cool. Well, thank
2: you. That's, uh, that's been pretty good. Oh, yes, sir. That's suppressors. That's what I wanted to come back to. So, uh, as people may or may not be aware, uh, atf is transitioning uh the e-file system they're updating the e-file system to allow form force now meaning that uh the purchase of suppressors will be significantly the time will be significantly reduced i know that when i did my e-form one for my personal sbr it was like 22 days so now you're talking about 22 days to buy a suppressor versus 18 months that it was before yeah so i do not own any suppressors but I now I'm waiting on the e-file system to go live. I already paid for a 22 suppressor. Right on. So nice. I'm just waiting for the e-file to go live, and then they're gonna drop my paperwork, and we'll see how quick that happens. So if you have been waiting for a suppressor, I think now with e-file, this is the time to, to buy one because they're going to become a lot more accessible. I think there's no more 18 months in paperwork. Yeah. It's just going to be.
0: And and, and honestly, any more, so many people have cans. Oh so, yeah, so people...
2: it's actually weird not to have yeah, one.
1: Exactly, you're you're standing out more.
2: Yeah so yeah, buy Chris. night vision buy a can
1: Chris, you're being weird standing out <laughs> get a suppressor and an FAL hmm. get a suppressed FAL there you
3: go gentlemen, I'd like to remind everyone at this time that I have to pay for four weddings what?
0: <laughs> That's a, you can get at least five, six cows for those
3: bro now, see, if we, if we go if, if, we, if we go that standard <laughs> yeah,
2: no like, now what's the cow to goat ratio no, no, no dowries work the other way around no, because you're you're paying to get them off your
3: hands. Uh huh. Isn't that how a dowry yeah, works? Yeah. It depends on culture. That's true. It depends on the culture. It it on the culture. Yeah. So I like the Pacific Islander culture where it's uh you pay the father of the bride. Right. And yeah, in, in that case I ain't case, paying you anything. <laughs> <laughs> in that case, then yes, uh, I will be buying suppressors. Yeah. But uh yeah. still that's a future curse problem. That's a future curse problem. Uh well, let's hope. Carpe diem, brother. Just you go know, do it. Uh, I'll tell you that Jared is 100% right. It is getting to the point that I'm, not, I'm going to say it's not a, whether it's a weird thing or it, you stand out, um, the more people that have them, the more that it is a common use item, the more that people are seeing them at gun, uh, private gun clubs yeah. uh, and realizing that, no, it's not an assassin tool. It's a hearing protection exactly. thing. Exactly. It, it, exactly. it's really it's there to it's not making it silent no it's making it comfortable it, um, there's so much nicer class than. yeah it, it's making things yeah. bearable yeah uh i think that it will be harder and harder to make them illegal one so of the things th- that that's one of the reasons why this year it's on the list to buy
2: to, to me, proliferation beats legislation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the California Solvents ban with their magazine ban. The judge actually said these magazines are in such common use, you, you can't ban them. Just mm-hmm. everyone has it. I mean, not to get political because I don't like to talk about it, but think about every controversial thing, be it marijuana legalization or other subjects. It became more commonplace because more people were doing it. So the more people who buy suppressors, the less controls will be on them i i actually would say the reason that they're now going on form fours e-file form fours to make it easier to get is because so many people have they're bought being them bombarded. It's, yeah. it's become yeah. a constant thing and it's just easier just to push it off that way yep. so buy a suppressor have your friends buy suppressors
3: buy night vision absolutely so i, just, I would say night vision than suppressor yeah yeah um because that night vision really does give you a lot of capabilities. yes
2: and it's both Offensive, defensive. Yes. It
3: gives you decision-making ability. Yes, but then a close second is that that suppressor. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm actually surprised. Uh, like Europe, as strict as it can be, they they. I know some places actually mandate suppressors. Yeah, There was a there was a show. I don't know, it's called Meat Eat or something like that. There's some guy does hunting all over the place. It's a chef show, and he hunts the game, and then and then harvests it and 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 butchers it and he has a suppressor and he's in england and it's like it's like a thing like everybody there has a suppressor when they're hunting or
0: it seems like everybody does on this show cool all right so let's let's move ahead uh next thing that i wanted to talk about so this is the very first podcast in 2022 let's talk about what problems did we see in classes last year uh, rifle specific what were some of the things that people tried or or failed or what what were some of the biggest
2: ones uh the big ones i saw are guys just trying to be too fast and by that i mean like setting up their guns for speed as much as i like uh i like shot timers i like measuring what i'm doing but you have to measure it in context as long as you are faster than you were that's good but just going for raw speed leads to mistakes like we saw some near yeah
3: near nds with with guys just setting their guns for speed too you, much you see that? too much where people they come out of um the competition world where they see that that clock is the only way to induce stress they don't understand that there are other methods of inducing stress especially in a beginner putting someone on a clock they're going to focus on that time yeah they're not going to focus on the the manual of arms they're not going to focus on the function and they're going to start making mistakes and they don't have a good grasp of all the manual arms yeah you're asking for potential damage and yep you know it's may not happen with us. They may be out there by themselves. They saw something on YouTube, they've got that pro timer out there. They hear that buzzer, and they have that that catastrophic uh, situation. I really slow it down. Get those good fundamentals, get those yep. basics. An AR is a Honda Civic. It's not a NASCAR. And that, I think that's one of the problems that we see. Yeah. You have tuned your gun very, very specific for your work. Yeah. But it is still a utility yeah. tool. It is not a, you know, dedicated, this this weapon no. system yeah. shoots 22 meters and 23 meters. Nothing more, nothing yep. less. And it, it, that's one of the problems. You you see too much of the people coming out of the, the uh, competition world, you know, uh, Cobalt Kinetics, the, all those fancy things on that gun, but it's it's geared for the game. It's yeah. not geared for everyday purposes.
2: I think almost a, a better comparison, or not a better, but a good comparison would be, like you said, stock car versus this. Mm-hmm. The thing is, a drag race, it's a very fast car. Do you want to drive that thing to the grocery store? So don't make your car into a drag race car. Make your car something that, or make your gun a practical car mm-hmm. you know obviously you might want to have like hey maybe you want like a little modest lift on there for a little of this and you know better tires but you're not going to make
3: i thought you were from the city we lower or no you're you're the the 24 inch rim guy but uh, no no it's okay. got rolling on dubs
2: uh <laughs> no. that the potholes destroy your rims uh <laughs> what, so what, what's the lincoln running right now on the uh,
3: streets.
2: <laughs> yeah so uh but, yeah, that's the thing. Is you want to have something practical. But, again, at the same time, then there's people who have this weird idea that, oh, I, I kept my gun totally stock and didn't change anything mm-hmm. on it at all, and I'm actually better. It's like, well, at some point, equipment makes you better. Like, if your gun came with the plastic sights from Glock, you're not really helping yourself by keeping those. And, and yeah, understanding
3: what, what you yes, can change. Yes, what you can change, what, what you can't, yeah. And then if you change it, change it for a reason yeah. that you have thought out, not because you saw someone else doing it. Um, well, so that I'm leads sure. to one of the things that I, I saw yeah. a couple of times
0: this past year, and people struggling on the range is because they saw something on YouTube. They saw mm-hmm. so now they're spending money on multiple items because they think those items are going to make them better, mm-hmm. with them not putting in the time initially. So yeah. now they got these extra doodads
3: on on their gun, and it's causing nothing but problems. What, one of my favorites, a a you know a grip stop, a, a foregrip, uh, a V grip. Some sort of thing at the end of a gun to as uh-huh. a touch point for your hand. You will see people who, well, that guy has one on his gun, so I'm gonna Yeah, I have a grip stop on my gun. You have them on some of your guns. You have them on some of your guns. You don't have anything no. on your gun right now. uh They'll see us with it. They'll go out. They'll they'll spend the fifty bucks. They'll buy it. They'll put it in the wrong spot, and then they won't use it. No, yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. You know, I've seen that it's where like. You're like you why do you have it? and so i'll spend you know time trying to coach them and then, well it's not comfortable then take it off yeah like yeah. just get rid of it or find a place where it is comfortable
2: yeah w- one of the biggest things with shooting that I, I, i've learned because again I, I had a lot to unlearn was just be comfortable like i spent a lot of time in all the weird combat crouches and one of the best pistol shooters have been on my team this guy chris he's since left and moved on to another agency but he he just stood up naturally and he was a great pistol shooter, and he said, look, it's easier to just bring the gun up to my head and try to get this weird position. So I just saw eyes that, and I was gun. like, yeah, I said body gun. It's just easier just to be comfortable. If, it, if it's uncomfortable, it's just going to be
3: distracting. Yeah. But uh, another thing, like talking about things that people put on their guns, um, and I, it, it may be controversial. I'm going to bring it up, and you guys might jump one way or the other. Bad lever. All right? It's right there in the name. It's bad. Okay. Uh, love it. <laughs> I love it. I do not have a bad lever on my gun. Yeah. I have had a bad lever on my gun. Yeah. When I had it, I practiced with it. I was very familiar with it. I understood what it did. And I will go back and forth on pros and cons, and that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about are the people that have it on their gun but aren't using it.
0: Yeah. Then, yeah. So then, it's nothing but getting in the it, way.
3: Yeah, it's now you've got something in your trigger guard that is just in the way. Yeah, uh, I can. I I'm picturing a student in my mind right now, looking at him struggling to lock his bolt to the rear to do a uh, you know a, uh, a yeah 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 yeah, um, yeah. Mag- magazine uh, uh, admin load, and he's got the bad lever right there, and it's just like, do you know what that item's for? So <laughs> I I like it. I like it a lot.
0: I've ran it for years, but one thing that I, I've done and do is like it's on my pistol. I've got one, but I'm primarily using the pistol for for, for me for, for my work, right? Yeah. That that's, but my demo gun, mm-hmm. my work gun. Actually, the, not my work gun, but the one I'm using mostly at classes. Yeah. That now I have the the D ball on. I I had one on originally, and I took it off because for demos, or everything I want to show everyone, you know. The old school mm-hmm. way, or, or the way that that's universal, yeah. instead of you know something different. I didn't don't want to cheat in front of the students and do something then in front
3: of them. No, that, 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 that That's can, why I, they're not th- able to I do bought a, a stock Glock 17. Yeah, I, I haven't changed the sights on it. Yeah, because I was doing a basic pistol class. I'm sitting there doing the demo, and I've got a, a Glock 19 with an RMR on it, and I I'm looking at the students, and the majority of the students had the classic U shape. You know, yeah. Glock side yeah, and the, I'm like the, the ball and basket. These guys are not understanding what I'm talking about because I'm demonstrating with something completely yeah. different. Yeah. So as an instructor, I now I have the two pistols, both Glocks, a 19 and 17. What's the majority of my audience? I can yeah. bounce back and forth. Yeah.
2: But that's one of the things I actually admire about our, our my HTS firearms section. Is although you know everybody has some shortcomings. One of the things I like that they do is even though you do have some degree of latitude about pouches and pouch placement and, and, and which belts you use, every instructor out there has their full instructor setup set up the exact way they tell the recruit to do it, mm-hmm. the exact bone stock gun, no changes. So it's like, hey, I'm teaching yeah. with yeah. this. I'm working with, within the limitations that you have as a mm-hmm. recruit. And so you can see, if I can do it with this, you can do it with that yeah. to eliminate that. Like, So Jared's got his teaching gun and you've seen my like, uh, not teaching gun, more like, proving a point gun yeah the the it's so it's a bone stock m4 Mm -hmm. carbine with a carry handle with an aim point mounted on the on the high rise carry handle mount and i'm just planning to have that a class is just like hey see you can run with this
0: totally stock 1990s gun no issues well another thing that that i'm starting to do more and more is i'll have my gun that i can run the demos but more and more, I like using students' guns so yeah. that they can't look at my gun. And, and yeah. even though it's, it's fairly stock, you know, mm-hmm. I don't have anything tricked out. Yeah. I don't want to think, oh, he's got some, some race gun there. He has some, you know, tricked out whatever. Yeah. Super light trigger. I want t- to use their stuff, demonstrate it, and then. Well, as I can tell you from firsthand experience, there's nothing more embarrassing than an instructor coming and
2: taking your gun as you're shooting a very poor Group and then just crushing your okay. drug yeah. yeah. and handing it back. Like, mm, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: thanks. Hey, nothing <laughs> wrong with this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're standing crooked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, I think a common thing that we've seen, we see it year after year, you cannot buy yourself out of a problem. No. No. Um, you can put all of the Geisley into yep. a gun. You can just, you can liquefy Geisley and just pour it all over the gun. If you're not doing the fundamentals, you're no. still going to suck.
2: Yeah. I go back to one of our, our law enforcement classes we ran, and one of the guys there had a bone stock M16A1 that was his patrol rifle. And he was a little bit slower than some of the other guys, but better shooter. Mm-hmm. Better shooter. He, with irons only, the other guys, yeah. had all the tricked-out guns and muzzle brakes and super light triggers. And, but he showed up with, this is my patrol rifle. This is what I'm going to use at work. Yeah. And he
0: shot so, great So, what you're saying is you can have $800 Gore-Tex, $300 pants, maybe $100 hand warmer, but if you have $0 in in bushcraft, you still can't start that fire? Is
1: is that what you're saying? That's
3: a a possibility.
0: I I may have said that.
2: I may have said that. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like something I would say.
1: Yeah, save that money, buy ammo, do some training. Yep, drive fires free.
3: And one thing that I don't want people to think, I believe in changing out stuff oh yeah like i have a Geisley trigger in my primary gun and it's the first time that a you know one of my personal guns that i put something that nice in up until this point i've always done my own trigger job and i've been very happy with it this is just a little bit nicer i like to think of it as i've always had comfortable seats yeah. Now I have seat warmers. <laughs> okay.
1: Dude, I like that ALG trigger though. It, it, yeah. And I yeah. I am very okay. happy with that. We the put, the put that ALG in the combat. light fighter rifle. Yeah.
3: Um, that is a very nice trigger and it's like sixty bucks. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. blew me away. I um my my seventeen year old daughter, she just built her first AR. Well, it'll be hers next year. Uh she she went through the class for me. We put the, the normal GI trigger in that. And so for her 18th birthday, yeah. she will get one of those ALG triggers. But right. she has to get used to, uh, you know, the, the standard vinyl seats before she gets the leather seats. So, so that's the other thing I want to I circle back to is we're not saying that upgrades
2: are bad. Just don't buy an upgrade thinking that you're buying a capability. Yeah. Because th- at the same time, there's another movement. And again, I, I cruise the gun forums. I, I do. And there's this thing called, oh, you need a KISS rifle gonna see these rifles that have iron sights and no white light and very rudimentary slings my sks That's, i'll take over the world right yeah exactly like there's a reason why we've got seven seven hundred dollars sighted, now right right and <laughs> yeah there's a reason why we got away from iron sighted ars with with the non-adjustable quick yeah. uh two-point slings and no white light to me keep it simple means what's your role for your rifle like if i saw a patrol officer with a PEC-15 on his rifle, I'd kind of say, hey, man, what, you're not going to be working in a team with night vision. You're not going to be going night vision solo, while he says, white light. So what purpose is that PEC-15 serving for you? So it's the same thing, too. Like I'm flexing on Instagram. Exactly. So Looks cool. Yeah, so I guess my point is, is look at your rifle, each individual part. What role is this serving? Why is it on there? And if it's not serving a purpose, then just get rid of it, like – yeah, I mean, if you're going to have a grip stop, great, use it. But if you're not using it, just take it off your rifle. Or use it. I guess what I'm saying is 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 be middle of the road. Don't be that super kiss guy who's got iron sights only, and then you're depriving yourself the advantages well,
0: of a red dot. Well, what's one of the reasons why something like that is is starting to become in vogue? It's because people, they're running out of things to write about. So yeah, like, true. So they're, they're true. trying to create content. Yeah. And then people buy into it thinking that's the latest and greatest. Yeah. it's. I mean, we've... Mentioned it multiple times before the whole thing with, with raised. Why do you have yours? So, because you, yeah. you're wearing a pro mask, right. yeah. And then our, our old mentor, you know, that's why he chose to keep his carry handle on and his EOTech on top of his carry handle because he's running in a pro mask, yeah. he's running with night vision. And that was what 15. No, shoot, I'm getting old <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: 25.
0: That was, uh, was some time ago, yeah, it was, it was a little while ago long before the the latest uh, you know hotness and,
1: and yeah well then i'd say the other side of that is if you are going to buy said whatever do your research yeah get some good stuff yeah it's like that one one class we ran he had a uh, a folding kind of like a law tactical folder but it wasn't a law yeah, yeah it was it, the, it was
3: built into the whole lower right it was it was part well, of the it, it,
1: it was an add-on kit but you had it came with its own proprietary bolt carrier, which was shorter. Like yeah. Anytime, anytime you start getting into that, yeah. Eh, I don't think that's,
2: so. That's, that's, uh, we've talked about it. I don't like anything proprietary, yeah. or anything. He was having, because...
1: yeah. He had light strikes. Yeah. All day. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure he either had a short firing pin or it mm. was just yeah. issues with said bolt carrier. Yeah. But uh, he paid. The same amount of money that you could have picked up a law folder for yeah so just do your research yeah if you are going to buy whatever it is and yeah,
0: there's more and more uh knockoffs oh yeah of, of the law oh, folder yeah. coming out yeah the
2: raw folder
3: yeah yeah and <laughs> the, raw. <laughs> the raw folder yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah i got this on wish <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know uh that is when some of the light strikes uh because of yeah. Yeah, ammo, the that. ammo crunch, yeah. we've seen more and, peop- more and more people using reloads, I'll shoot reloaded ammo that Chris loads for me. And I know he's extremely meticulous about that and- Particular. He, particular, yeah. yeah. Particular. He, very particular. He, he's very much a nerd and I'm always happy with everything he loads for me. And usually it's a, a specific load for a specific rifle for a specific task. But we'll have some people there shooting some stuff that's kind of questionable. Well, even still, you some of those you said you had some
1: light strikes on that night. That
3: mil. was yeah, that nine mil and that was out of what two thousand rounds. I had two. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. Good, bad primer. Yeah, exactly. I, two and two thousand. That's that's pretty good odds. Um, but we'll, we're seeing students have light strikes. You know or yeah that that primer's definitely been hit yeah um and we're lucky we didn't have a squib because there was no powder in that round that's no good i, um, I was actually assuming maybe it was some with this craze towards lighter triggers if guys
1: had like too light a hammer springs um i saw i've seen yeah i <laughs> with uh glock someone put some oh yeah the, yeah the ghost
2: Trigger yeah. setups in them. Yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, I would not change anything internals on a Glock. Maybe at most the barrel, but I, I wouldn't.
3: No, so this one particular class, uh, we were seeing a consistent failure with one one of the students. Yeah. And, you know, I'm automatically thinking that it's a a gun problem. Yeah, that's, I'm that's I'm what thinking I go through well. I'm thinking guns, yeah. so I'm, I'm looking, at, looking at the system. I'm watching him shoot. Uh, you know the rounds that are you know firing and ejecting they're landing in a good pattern right yeah you know, it's cycling well i'm looking at the other casings and uh i i realized you know what it's the the reloads that they're they're yeah. underpowdered um or there's no powder we broke one one open that mm-hmm. didn't fire and there was no powder in it i mean that's dangerous yeah you've got to be very careful i mean you cannot buy reloads from my brother in law's uncle's cousin Billy. Who loaded him in his dimly lit basement yeah, while he was in sauce and it's hot like, enough to kill a bear. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, the man that does reloads for me is Chris. And again, We've talked about, hey, this is my barrel link. This is the twist. This is what I want it to do. And then he comes back with a bunch of nerd information about ballistics. And he's really happy because he loves that stuff. And I'm just making him happy.
1: Yeah. Chris doesn't care. He's just like, I'm going to go shoot this.
3: Uh-huh. And, and it's going to do what I want to do? Cool. And it does. And it performs for me. But I'm not buying mass bulk, reloaded ammunition yeah. off the internet. And I know I got it. We're all on, you know, we all want to get out and shoot and we're trying to find that ammo but guys be careful
2: i i again um i'm still a big dry fire proponent just because you can do it even without you know you don't have to go to the range you don't have to throw an ear pro you can just throw on you know in your pt gear just throw on your gun belt and grab a shot timer and work off that but i would rather buy less good ammo and make up the difference in dry fire than buy some garbage you know yeah. stuff that that has you know like it's like lightning. It doesn't hit the same place twice. It's squib loads.
0: It's <laughs> I saw some, uh, some, someone online was selling some uh, steel cased yeah. 223 at a very good price. Yeah. Very good. And I, so good, I was tempted. I almost uh, pulled yeah. the trigger, but, but I held back. Yeah, I actually
2: saw at one of the, the frozen shoots, I think, guy had a pre ban FAL, actually factory FN, FAL, and he almost blew it up with, with the squib loads from just junky 308 no. stuff. No. Yeah, because he was like, "Well, there's something going on," and because he had, uh, I think, I don't know if Chris would know the correct term for this, but the bullet hadn't been properly crimped in the uh, so, really? and then it didn't go off. And so he what ejected was it, it. Was it surplus ammo? I don't think it was surplus. I think it would have been commercial commercial reloads. Okay. But long story okay. short, sure, when he when he ejected the live round because he was having an issue, the bullet got pulled and was stuck just forward the chamber.
1: Ooh.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I, I thankfully. He and I together visually yeah, caught saw it because yeah. we saw the powder all pouring out the case that flew out. Like, Whoa, let's uh, see what we got going on there. But you could have almost blown up a pre-band oh, yeah. factory FN, that's, FAL, and that would have been, been a crime.
0: Yes. yes, Man, I would have saw charges on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So One of the things we're going to be adding this year to our rifle classes is we're going to be doing designated marksman classes. So we should be getting a, a range that will gonna allow us to, to push out pretty far. But regardless, if we don't use that range, there's gonna be other ranges that are going to uh, allow us to, to reach out with the AR platform. So some of the things that I know uh, people are interested in, people have asked us questions, is talking about barrel length. Now, most of the shooting that we do, it's really, as the class is organized now, it's 300 meters and less. That, that's what we're working, those in close yeah. QB ranges. Yep. So, you know, having a 10 a half inch barrel it's not really going to make that much difference when you're talking no. about that. But now that yeah. we're talking further out, mm-hmm. what's the differences that a, you know, a 10 inch barrel, 14 and a half inch, 16 inch, 18 inch, what is that, those differences that are they going to make?
1: So you're, you're going to look at about, you're going to lose about a hundred feet per second per inch of barrel that you cut off. So that's going to translate into more environmental effects on your bullets. So that's going to be. Uh, wind um, and the uh, just the ability for that to carry that velocity so it's going to bleed off a lot faster so you're 10 and a half i mean you can still hit that target at 500 meters with a 10 and a half inch barrel we're not saying you can't do that What we are saying is that when that bullet gets there with that ten and a half, I'd be able to catch it with a baseball mitt. Yeah, (laughs) your 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 internal ballistics on said target are going to be a lot less than if I shot you with that eighteen inch yeah um, gun at that same distance. So, um, and then also looking at that also goes into your twist rates too. So once you start pushing out past that three hundred. You're going to want that heavier, heavier bullet. So um, heavier bullets actually lose velocity less in that tail end. So they're more accurate. Um, and with that heavier bullet, you're going to need a a one to seven is typically what you're going to need to spin a, a 77 grain bullet. Um, so one and eight just won't stabilize it for the most part. So Personally, I like, I like that 16-inch, I think, is a good all-around out to, out to 500, 600. Uh, if you're pushing out past that, you're definitely going to want to get into that, that 18, 20-inch mm-hmm. uh, barrel length for, for that long-range stuff. But if you're shooting out that far, like you want to make those 800-meter shots, then, you know, are you specifically tied to that caliber or should you bump up? Um, if you are tied to that tech, that caliber and that platform and you just want to push your marksmanship ability, um, just build you, build you an extra upper and throw that 18-inch on there so when you want to go do your long-distance stuff, you get that 18-inch uh, barrel with that 1-7 twist, and you can uh, drive some tacks out there. Something like a Mark 12? There you go.
0: Yeah. What's the length of a Mark 12? Is that 18?
1: Uh, or is that... Well, they kept... Well, do you remember when the SPR or the uh, SPRs came out? Yeah, I yeah. guess that's what I'm saying is an yeah. SPR, but I guess you guys had the Mod Hs, right? Uh, so they first came out, they were, tw- I want to say they were 20-inch barrels. Okay. And then a year or so later, they're like, oh, we turn them into, they do their refit, so um, right. they would come down to us, and we'd take them there, they'd do all their checks and stuff, and they'd replace the barrel, and then they were 18 inches. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then... The next time they were 16 right and then it was 14 and a half inch I'm like, why do I have a 14 and a half inch I already have a 14 yeah inch. right yeah it seems wrong then miraculously uh, we take them back the next year and they're like hey we had Geisele triggers in there and these are uh, these are the army issued <laughs> mil spec ones split- Man, wow. that, that, that contractors you know <laughs> yeah. yeah make it out on that mm-hmm. yeah so but uh, but yeah so they start out at 20 and then okay people were they turned into they had an identity crisis right is what i like to call it so people wanted to use them but they didn't want to go through a house with a 20-inch gun so like right well let's make little right. shorter a little shorter we can still shoot well the whole purpose for that was a sniper rifle that you could assault through a house with yeah it was the same caliber as mm-hmm. everybody else that yeah, was a different round. It wasn't your your long range round, which was the, the seventy seven right. grain Sierras, which it still is. Um, but you could still shoot. I know plenty shoot. of guys who are running the seventy seven through their
0: <laughs> the yeah. Market I ran teams. It through yeah. mine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: In fact, I actually went every other. Yeah. Hmm. And I went a uh, uh, seventy seven in green tip, so I could right. I could punch vehicles or have yeah. a, a better on soft tissue. But yeah, so you had the. Uh, Caliber interoperability yeah. between everybody, and then someone complained, "Oh, I keep hitting the doorways." Well, dude, you learn You're how to run a gun, man. Go through yeah. CQB, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. So then they just chopped it down to where it was essentially
3: a, a souped-up yeah. M4. We'll put this little piece of plastic in between the lower receiver and the upper receiver. Oh, the that... a- the Accu wedge? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That's all you uh,
1: That stupid red thing.
3: Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. The Accu wedge.
1: And then they put that little O-ring on the uh, Mm -hmm. extractor. Yeah. Yeah. The Defender. Stupid thing. Yeah. Donut. Yeah. I hated that donut. (laughs) You could never get it off. You really had to push on there. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was dirty. I'm like, why is this so? Yeah, you just came in one day and was like, why? What in the? I got to clean this. Hey, who put this stupid rubber thing at someone trying to break my gun?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Eventually, eventually they fixed the extractor spring insert from from the blues to the blacks and that fixed and then you didn't have to mess the yeah but that's like real esoteric gun stuff yeah it's so weird because I'll talk to officer 29 about some of this stuff and he's like I have no idea what any of that is I'm like well count yourself lucky hey (laughs) if you don't have M4 feed ramps in your gun you will get killed
1: (laughs) that was an option on a video game to pick your extractor he'd know about whoa whoa (laughs) whoa call of duty that's right Slacking. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody up. knows an
2: AR-15 bolt carriers anymore. The half moons.
1: Oh, good night. I yeah. hated those things. I know.
2: Yeah. It's it's actually funny. Like, people don't realize, like, even like, you know, obviously a lot of the AR brands, like, there's some better, they are worse. But, like, before it was, like, Colt and everybody else, and everybody else was not great. Like, I spent all my time in college reading on, you know, AR-15.com. Like, you got to have this. You got to have that. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, okay. My first rifle course ever was when I was in my unit, I had to go to special weapons school and I had, you know, my HKG 36 and like, I swear to God, every single AR in that class went down. Like, people had piston systems that were self-disassembling on the firing line, like (laughs) shooting down range. One guy's fancy piston gun, not an HK, but fancy piston gun actually blew up. I don't know how. It had like out of battery detonation. Like, (laughs) wow. Optics are dying left and right. So like, the only people who didn't have any issues at all was me with an HKG 36 with, Magpul G36 mags and an aim point and two other guys who had Colt commandos name points and I was like I'm never using anything but Colt or HK (laughs) or an aim point like my god they were all right you will get killed (laughs) and so that's just really but now at classes I see guys with guns I haven't heard of some of these brands and it seems like if you have a P mag and you keep that gun lubed it'll run (laughs) it may break at some point like may break Uh earlier than others but enough lube and a P mag and that thing runs
0: I want to get to lube in a second yeah uh do you have anything to add about bullets Oh man, what do you want to know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so. we're talking specific for that long range because so many people in our classes that they're, they're coming with what they're coming with either with M one ninety three or they're yeah. coming with uh, sixty two
1: grain. Yeah, yeah. So, so fifty five grain full metal jacket that is plinking ammo. That is what you sit on the range and punch holes in targets with. That is not LR stuff. It is not. So coming to one of our designated marksman classes that you're going to be teaching what would you prefer people to have okay you're definitely going to want to get something in a 70 grain range um if you can't afford that the 62 grain stuff will work green tip ss109 green tip or m 55 yep or the the hornady makes the 62 grain no no, uh, steel in it okay so that'll work that'll get you there um not super ideal but it'll work. Uh, when you start reaching out a little bit past, I would say that's good for three to 400 meters. Once you start going past that, you're definitely gonna want to get in into the uh, 77 grain range for that. Um, and then you can look at uh, Sierra, uh, Berger Ammo's really good. Uh, Brian Litz is their their lead uh, bullet maker over there. Dude's like, a he was an actual rocket scientist. So <laughs> now he makes bullets. <laughs> Um, Dude's a genius. They're smaller rockets. Yeah. But uh, their bullets are amazing. Uh, They actually sell loaded ammo, so you can just purchase Mm -hmm. ammo from them. Um, Let's see. Sierra. Pretty much any of the reputable manufacturers. Hornady, Winchester Winchester makes some of their good stuff. I think I saw, is is it IMI or or somebody? Yeah, IMI, the Israeli stuff. Yeah, yeah. Is that any uh, good? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yep. Yep. I just saw it with 77 grain. I think Provide even does some too, don't they? Let me look that up. I don't know. I'll fact check that. I
1: know IMI had their 62 grain stuff they were selling in uh, 1,000 round packs for really good prices. So, uh, yeah, thanks to them for filling the gap. I've
0: never had an issue with IMI. No. That's good ammo.
1: Um, But, yeah, definitely if you're serious about the LR stuff, you're going to want to get— some serious bullets and it's going to cost you some but uh it's it's worth it for for your consistency just in the manufacturing of it and uh we talked a little bit about when we did the uh long range um podcast so reach back into those archives there and uh re-listen to that one Mm -hmm. but uh did you find it
2: No, i might just be misremembering or it might have been that provide was using the IMI stuff, stuff, and then yeah. eventually they just went yeah. off on their own, which which happens with
1: that stuff. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> yeah, so essentially, all you're looking for is just a good quality, consistent uh, ammo and brass case, right? I prefer a brass case. Yeah. Guys shoot steel all the time, whatever. If it's if it's consistent, if it's a well manufactured, typically though, when you start talking steel case they make it steel at a a a budget price yeah so, which is why they do steel because it costs less than brass so typically you're not getting that higher end i want to say higher end a more consistent consistency yeah. in it um it's just range plank and ammo um, as far as i know i don't know of yeah. any lr steel case ammo out
3: there gotcha but right now there's there's that one guy who's like
1: oh there's this company that makes actually
3: this, you
2: know when i bought my Mosin in the Gantt, you know like 15 years ago actually probably longer they had russian 762 by 54 it was steel case and it was their lr ammo. yep but again i think the russian doctrine was slightly different for, for what they're using their LR stuff for yeah. versus versus us, yeah. so. But uh, yeah, so they're fact checkers. We yeah. we reference the precision steel case AML. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All
0: right. Well, we've already hit on this, I guess, twice a little bit, and I want to hit it again, um, in a little bit more detail, from with you guys. But some of the questions that I know we've been getting is um, people talking about the trigger groups. What do you want? What don't you want? What's good? And I know we just some things that we like. And then also the other question that uh, we have, have been getting is, uh, is lube. You know, what, what can we, what should yeah. we, what shouldn't we? And especially here, you know, we're primarily in Pennsylvania with the weather shifts and everything.
1: What works? What
3: doesn't? Um, dry sand. i um, yeah, <laughs> okay. real big
1: fan. Um, yeah. You know. Oh, so we're going to start with the lube question?
3: Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's
1: do that. Amsoil. Straight up. Only thing I put on my gun, period. I oh, used
2: slip 2,000. But, you know, again, just something with a higher viscosity. I don't know. I, CLP, no. I'm, a, I'm I'm an olive oil guy. Right I
3: mean, here. You know, it smells good. Yeah.
1: So, you know what CLP stands for, right? Yeah, Clean Lube Protect. Clean, clean Lube Protect. It's
3: universal. So It's universally so, good at
1: everything, right? So if you clean it, yeah. how can it... St- be a lubricator i know if you're cleaning I know.
3: it, i know because it's got detergents in the gasoline
1: okay
2: yeah it doesn't make any sense to yeah. me and, and all the guys like again we have like 55 rifles they're all 10.3 or some are 10.3 some are 11.5 they all have suppressors and like they're dirty dirty guns they're dirty guns and the only issues that i ever saw were guys failing to use enough lube mm-hmm. and once we basically told guys to quit using clp it all went away. Like, and it's like some guys use Militec. I like Slip Two Thousand because I'm particular, but as long as it has a decent amount of like staying power, dude, you
1: gotta try AMS Oil. All right, is it petroleum based? It's AMS Oil. Okay, so it's petroleum based. So, <laughs> AMS Oil is yeah. made with Magic Unicorn Blood. Okay, and it just works. So, here's the the my I had a
3: elevator speech. Go.
1: One of our guys went to Sephardic. Okay. So in that first week, they probably shoot a 1,000 rounds a day. Right. At least. So he would take AMSOIL. He would lube his gun up in the morning, Mm -hmm. and he would shoot all day, like thousands of rounds through his M4. He would come back, and he would pull the bolt apart, and it would still be wet. And he would just wipe it off.
2: Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile,
1: as you know, people that use CLP, they'll shoot about – 10 15 mags yeah
2: i know start getting if sluggish that, yeah
1: so it will dump a half a gallon in there yeah and it'll burns like off. like yeah. and it'll yeah. be all on fire and smoke <laughs> and you're, yeah. you've got clp on your goggles and yep your glasses whatever you're yeah, wearing you look like a chimney sweep yeah <laughs> and you know you've had a good day yeah it's crazy but uh no so okay yeah, yeah, yeah i'll so check it out so am's oil
3: um my, my thing i'm kind of i don't have a brown i'm not brand specific oil your gun
2: Yes. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's and, the brand I'm on ultimately. And it, it, it is. You're right. <laughs> Why must you do this to me? Why? Like, dude, that's dirty. I thought we were friends.
1: Yeah. Seal I pe- ate your pizza and then you, I, I ate it. That's your dessert, I ate it. Man. You I earned that. To, you yeah. earned that. <laughs> Those of you that can't see on video, uh, Joe just handed uh, Glenn some peanut butter cups. It's one of my kryptonites. Yes. I'm actually,
0: I, I'm still waiting for the peanut butter cup pizza. Can, can so, I, let, let me, let me share yeah. something. Now that we're talking about this, know yeah. we're talking about lube and how important that is. Um, Abby failed. She didn't go to rudders. She was supposed to go to rudders, and she <laughs> oh, was going to bring right. you a Reese's peanut butter cup, uh,
3: chocolate milk, milk, yeah, milk yeah. chocolate, chocolate milk thing is ridiculous. So,
2: so, so here's the thing: is though, like, like I think at some point, like Reese's peanut butter cup, that yeah. is a thing. Uh huh. huh. I stopped it turkey hill on the way here to yeah. get myself a mormon beer a diet dr pepper <laughs> and uh i i was looking at the whole aisle of reese's and it's it's, it's some of it's not even food like, it, like how, <laughs> how how can you even call this stuff food like it's it's, it's just like you're, you're actually trying to see how disgusting you can make something <laughs> and so like i will eat a reese's peanut butter cup all day long yes. pop them in the fridge no problem but some of the stuff like it's just not real yeah, like yeah. cereal
1: you eat the cereal too.
2: No, I don't eat cereal. I don't eat breakfast or lunch.
1: I fast. It's the most important meal of the day. Mhm. <sighs> see. Okay, so we're back to back to Lube.
3: Lube. Yes. Um, it, in a wet environment. Yeah. You you've got to put it on. Yeah. I uh, I see this time and time again at classes where People are having issues and malfunctions with their guns, and you'll say, Your gun's dry. And they'll look at you like you're stupid. No, it's raining. No, man, that's not yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about, okay? Um, put some oil on it. Yeah. Um, it's a mechanical device, it's metal rubbing on metal. It's designed to have lubrication. I love the people like, Oh no, AK, AK, no, no need oil. Oh, AK need oil. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know. Also, um, I
2: think that, you know, the the doctrinal role of the AK, they didn't expect the guy to live long enough to have to to, 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 have to, to relubricate
0: yeah, yeah. his gun. <laughs> that's, well, that's no, fun. look at a class. So in a typical class that we run, you're going to be shooting, let's say, 350 at the most, about 500 rounds a day, um, again, depending on the class. So you're really pushing your weapon to, to yeah. do what it's designed mm-hmm, to do. Yeah most people even you know regular students come to classes if they're not at our class or at another good reputable place they're shooting what 35 rounds 45 rounds you know and and that's that's a time for them at the range so they're not used to actually working those guns the way they're designed Mm -hmm. so then they are running dry and you need to be doing you know i don't care what the system is you need to to put that oil on there you need to run it wet
3: Uh, talking higher round count or proper round count. it's not even higher round count uh, guys coming with suppressors. We, yeah, we that have burns that we stuff have seen fast. it. We have seen it a lot this year. Um people getting burned with suppressors. People having oh, it's it's rated to, to do ninety rounds. Ninety rounds in what time limit? Yeah. You know? Um and cooking off their suppressor cover. And then not understanding how much more in, I mean, just it's it's burning through your closing, it, it's burning through that that uh Cordura uh suppressor cover. All of that heat, all of that gas coming back in there, it's, that, it's dissolving that oil. You really have to lubricate with the yep. suppressor. You have to be aware of what's going on with that weapon system. Yeah.
1: I would say 90% of any of the issues on a range that we encounter is because of a dry gun for the most part. Yeah, yeah totally fact, agree. People have issues like, hey, just put some oil on it. They're like, well, I think it's the, just put some oil on it go yeah. try it again. And then most of the time it's good.
3: And we were, we were making fun of CLP. Uh, CLP is not a product. It's a process. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So when you're done shooting, you clean your gun, you lubricate your gun, and you yeah. protect your gun. You don't walk around with your gun, you know, standing barrel up in the rain no. and never uh, thinking to even try and, uh, you know, clear the chamber to see that it's rusted. Um, you go ahead... And you protect that thing. You're not using it. It goes in some sort of bag or some sort of case or something that is going to protect it from the elements. If you're putting them in your safes, make sure that you have a dehumidifier in there.
0: Especially in this environment.
3: Yes. I mean, I came back from a deployment and not a guy on my team, a sister team, um, his humidifier had failed in his safe. His yeah. wife didn't open up the gun safe yeah. the entire time he was deployed, nine months. It's Tennessee. His safe was in his garage. Oh, God. <sighs> he Good had horse. very, very nice, expensive collection of... Not anymore. We did some a lot of experimentation trying to uh, recover some of yeah. those. God. Um, one of the things we found was uh, soaking a gun in 50-50 mix of uh, 1030... Uh, really heavy, dense motor oil, and CLP. Yeah, uh, because it does have the detergents in there. Because we are trying to get rid of that that rust. Yeah, uh, we are actually able to su- save a couple of his barrels. The internals. Yeah, um, surface <laughs> stuff. that's surface stuff. But we yeah. were concerned about the inside. But you, you, you have to do the process. Um, if you come out to a class, you shoot, and the next time you look at that gun is the next time you come out to the class really evaluate what you're doing with that tool yeah yeah
1: same with like your piston guns you're gonna store them you gotta you gotta put some oil on that piston oh yeah yeah then before you shoot that you better wipe that oil off or it's yeah it's gonna cause a mess all right trigger Trigger groups groups, yeah yeah
3: Yeah. cassette
2: trigger bad bad yeah don't do a cassette trigger unless it's competition
1: stuff you're running a race gun for competition yeah. yeah You drop all the cassette triggers in there you
3: well, want I, again I, I go back to your analogy of the the uh, drag car right yeah if you've got a, a a car that's set up for the drag strip of course you've got three transmissions in yeah. the, the trailer and it's it's four bolts and you can change it out really quick on the fly and it's back on on yeah. the track and it's doing its so, it so i've actually got an opposite conclusion
2: okay because i shoot competition and i shoot competition with like my actual guns and you're doing it as a form of training, right? Because that's my thing is yeah. get good with what you're going to carry, and then in the real game, the one that matters, like you can be the best drag race driver in the world, and if you've never driven your Toyota Tercel, you know, trying to yeah. drive the wheels off, you're not going to know how to drive in traffic. So, compete with a, I think a practical gun is good to yes. compete with. That, yes. That's just my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not or, saying or set up. Yeah, your comp and wh- keep the two separate. But
3: what, I, what I'm saying is yeah there is a world for those specialized oh, sure. pieces yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um in a daily driver nah. you know, an alg yeah. trigger uh some of the different guysly triggers yes do you need to have what a you know special mission unit is using in their gun are you having the same round count and are you firing as fast as they are
2: it, it also depends because like i'm sure you guys have seen it what is correct for like uh like when you were in the 82nd, knowing that, not the wide variety of hats, but like the more general purpose stuff you were Hello. doing, do you think like a 10 and a half inch 416 would be right for the mission?
0: No, no right. not at all. So
2: like the same thing too, we talked about EOTech versus Aimpoint. EOTech is an awesome optic. You might have to put in a little more work keeping up your battery change. That's why for patrol officers, I say, hey, just Aimpoint because it's going to have an eight year battery life and you've got so much other stuff to worry about. If yeah. all you're doing is hits and you've got the time... EOTech is a great optic. So, Same
3: so thing I, th- with I think when it comes to trigger groups, yeah. Um, yeah. Once you have the fundamentals, once you understand trigger reset, yeah, absolutely play around with it. Uh, a great way to start off is do like our, um, our lower build class where we take you through and you build a lower. You get to see how the AR trigger works. We talk about doing a trigger job, polishing yeah. the different friction yeah. points. That's a good place to start. From there, you can go and just buy a a simple $12 set of springs and say, hey, here's a four pound trigger. Here's a three and a half. I would never go less than three and a half, you know, and this is comfortable. Oh, this is a little overkill. I really don't notice a difference. Whatever. Learn it. Before you go out and spend $200 on something that you're not really going to notice a difference or it's really not going to give you that much uh, bang for your buck.
2: I got to actually be honest, uh, playing with shot timers, because, again, I like the proper use of shot timers. Yeah. Just raw speed is not teaching you anything, but saying, okay, here's where I am, here's where I'm not. We recently had a discussion at work about, had some newer guys arguing that they could get their rifle up faster than their pistol for, versus for transition. transition. Okay. Like, I'm all about getting the rifle back up at CQB distance. So instead of sitting there and arguing for hours... Break out the shot timers. You can clearly see you're faster. Mm-hmm. So, except for the one guy who's like, "Look how slow my draw," you know, <laughs> no, nobody did that. But um, I'm actually slower with the guy, the Geisley triggers we have in our guns, than I am with a GI trigger because on the GI triggers, the know, it's the trigger spring and the hammer spring, but the reset is so much more. It's like a punch. It's like bam, 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 and you can really crank off the rounds. But the Geisley has more control. So I've thought about toying with the springs and putting heavier. Springs, just With, because I want in the that, Geisley? yeah, in the yeah, guys, because I, I want that fast reset. But
3: and that's I why like, there are so many different yep, variations Geisleys, of yeah. the guys, the triggers. Yeah, and you have to look at that. Yes, and you it's do. Like I said, hey, this SMU is using this yeah, trigger. Sure. Okay, yeah, that doesn't mean that's the trigger for me.
2: Yeah. Also, you'll notice too, some of those units have the financial ability to absorb a. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> yep. And I don't, as an individual or my unit. So yeah. think. I would say go with that ALG. Yeah, that's that's a really save good yeah. choice. Take yeah. that
1: 150 <clears throat> bucks I and think go we,
2: buy some ammo. Yeah. We, we, we all love that, that trigger. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, avoid the super competition stuff. Tend towards the, uh, when I say duty, I mean self defense. I'm just using my, yeah. my yeah. language.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they make those cassettes. So when they break, you just pull that one piece out yeah. and, and stick a, whole, a new. whole new yeah. one in there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, real quick, how would that work? Like, Because we had one class we were teaching to the, the Air Force guys, and the ammo they were using, the commercial ammo, was popping primers. How do pop primers work with uh, cassette triggers?
3: Uh, That's one of the... It probably the, w- actually work out better. You no, know, that was one of the first things that I was ever told as 18 Bravo about cassette triggers is if you have debris, yeah. it comes out like uh-huh. a primer yeah. or a broken part of a primer, yeah. and it gets in that cassette trigger. Yeah, there's no... It's, yeah, you're, it, oh, you're, yeah, it's good. Yeah, because yeah, we were
2: you're, just you're breaking done. the guns yep. completely apart, just popping out, yep. pop, dumping the primer, sticking it back in yep. and, and rolling it back
3: on the line. So, okay. Aren't those, did they bring their ammo, or did we supply no, it? that? That was um, the... Uh, 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 Fiocchi? Fiocchi, yeah. Um, oh. And it, that's... One of the reasons why uh, Lake City, you know, stakes in their, their primers is because the chamber pressure in the M4 yeah. with 5.56 five, has a potential of blowing a primer back. Um, also, I think they'd had some,
2: talking to them, they'd had some very dirty chambers. Oh, they had, cause they'd been, y- yeah. I think okay, it was okay, a combination okay. of blanks. Okay. You did, so it was a combination of things, non-stake primers with very dirty chambers causing and it, the... And
3: it was, that was the time that all of the... Uh, um, Air Force memes were coming true. Yeah, I, I had the armor come up to me like, these guns aren't dirty. As I'm like pulling apart the gun that's orange. Yeah. Because it yeah. had rust in it. Yeah. And I'm like, and he was like telling me, I checked them all myself this morning. I'm like, this one, you check this one,
2: you know, because I asked some of the guys like, "Hey, are these?" and the guys were like, "No, nah, these guns are way dirty." Yeah. Like, like like the guys. Okay, th- okay. the guys themselves do. You know, yeah, because it, I think I don't even think they were their assigned weapons. Is that like, one
0: of the ones we were doing in Anytown Town Gap? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. So they, they we we as a group collectively pretty much realized it was a combination of dirty chambers and non-staked. Gotcha. Congress- if, if the chambers had been clean, wouldn't have been be an problem. issue. Yeah. If the primers were staked, wouldn't have been an issue. But it was a hot day. It was, it was like everything came together. But stacking. it was a good learning point. Tolerance stacking, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was a good point, learning point for everybody. Cool. Um, yeah, right. so triggers, yeah. Just don't Yeah. Don't try to shoot fast. Just
1: shoot good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Build up to that $250 trigger.
3: Yeah. You, don't, you don't need that coming right out the I, gate. I say it all the time. I can't play guitar. You know, I, I can go into the pawn shop and I can pick up one guitar and I can bang on the strings like it's a drum because it's about, you know, my level yeah. of understanding. Yeah. And I can't tell it, which is like the completely treat cheap, you know, $50 Sears Roebuck guitar from 1982 versus the one that was tuned exactly for Jimi Hendrix. They're both standing there. I couldn't yeah. tell you the difference. Someone who does know how to play guitar, who has put the hours and effort in, he's going to just. Strum those yeah. strings and he's gonna be like, That's the guitar I want. Uh I like long distance running. I used to actually be good at it. Um So did I.
2: Yeah. Uh there's very fancy high end shorts that weigh like an ounce. Uh, and it was always funny to see somebody show up to uh, a race <laughs> and then run they'd run a ten minute mile in like two hundred dollar shorts. <laughs> if you're running a ten minute mile, you know, metaphorically speaking, you're fine with the C nine from Target. Just just go with that. Work yeah. up to yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. so you treat yourself. Get yeah. some uh, Nikes or something.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, so lube, triggers. All right. The, the last thing, then, that that I wanted to talk about. Oh, real quick, just back oh. to lube. One second. Yes. You can get away with CLP. You just got to use a lot of it. So it's like, it's not bad. You just got to use a lot of it and stay on top of it. Yeah. So yeah. Chris joked about olive oil. You could, in fact, use olive oil to lube a gun. I've seen lots of it's stuff. It's going to get sticky. I, I've seen lots of stuff used to oil a gun as as to prove a point. You know, even some... You know, so it's it'll work. Just you'll need to use a lot. It might not be ideal. So
0: lube, lots of it. All right, the last thing then is what is the best kind of training or what is the training that one needs in order to understand the rifle? And I, I say that and just gonna have a little little bit of conversation. We're gonna get into detail about how we train and why we train the uh way we do, because a lot of these problems that people have come into our classes um this past year years before that um, when they're having problems with rifles a lot of it's because they don't understand that system so it's them as the end user who's making the mistakes not necessarily it's the fault of the rifle or or the fault of, of some of the uh,
3: additions that they have to the rifle you know since we're, we're kind of doing like the year in review thing it's starting off the next year uh, one of my biggest things and I'll say it in every class is you have to build the capacity it's building that muscle memory in there so what, whatever you're doing manual of arms on that weapon system know what that button does and why it's doing it and how to most ergonomically affect that button. Something as simple as a reload. You're always going to that same pouch. You're always grabbing that same in that same form and fashion. So when you're putting it into the gun, you're setting yourself up, you're building that muscle memory, you're hitting that ping pong paddle, letting that bolt go forward. You know what is happening, doing it consistently every time. So that when you're under stress, whether it is uh, because you're fixing a malfunction or because the clock is on or because someone is shooting at you or you're trying to uh, save a buddy, whatever the stressful situation is, or you're trying to show off, you can perform under stress because you've built that capability uh, because you've put the time and effort into doing consistently. And that is doing your consistent, doing your dry fires, your regular practice during the week, Going out to the range and doing everything by yourself, no one there with you, holding yourself to that standard. Nothing. Just oh, I'm out here, just quickly load it and go. Always having the discipline to do it the same way. Coming to classes and doing it consistently, putting in the effort. Rinse and repeat. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Build the consistency.
1: Yeah, it's you gotta you gotta crawl before you can run. So you gotta start at the basics. And a lot of people don't like doing that. You just want to go out there, do all the sexy stuff for the Instagram, all that stuff. But you have to start at the bottom, work your way up, and, and learn those, those uh, basics. So you can't, you can't shoot really fast strings of five without first learning how your trigger breaks, how it resets, and how that feels in manipulating your trigger. So once you work on a flat range doing your slow controlled pairs, learning where your trigger reset is, then you can build up to shooting faster yeah. tighter groups. Um moving. You can't move if you can't shoot a group yeah. standing still. Yeah. So you got to put in the work and build up to it. So yeah. let's
0: I'll start at the beginning. So I organized these classes that I, the majority of of all the classes, both pistol and rifle, um, I'm the one who who created. Them. And what did I do? I really based a lot of it off my experience teaching at Cephalic, teaching at that flat range where we have five, maybe six days where we're teaching green berets how to use a pistol, how to use a rifle, and prepare them to getting into the house. And one of the constant problems one of the constant complaints and self-critiques that we had there is we just don't have enough time we're always trying to squeeze how can we get another half day how can we do this can maybe can we work on sunday and or whatever we could do to get more time on that range we were never happy with with it we always wanted to do more so when i organize these classes i specifically set them up so you have three days what we call the marksmanship series right so so they're learning from the very beginning of how to use that weapon and it's slow methodical um first day really is learning how to put hits on paper second day you're going through the same thing but now we're we're adding a little bit more to it a little bit more stress multiple targets and stuff that third day then, then we're working malfunctions and then what i basically did is i took those six days and now we've created overall it's about 15 almost 20 days we we have right now not counting the designated marksman stuff that we haven't dropped on the website yet but Mm -hmm. but that we will be we have 20 days um standalone days dedicated to the rifle alone so the intent is so people can get time to to get reps to just do exactly what you guys are saying and and take that time starting from day one and, and working your way through so you can actually know and understand that weapon uh recently there were a couple of people who got on our Facebook page and were trying to ping us um, and were basically saying their argument was we're being ridiculous with spending a full day working malfunctions. Um, full day with you know, both hands and then single hand and then the off, you know, the, the your off hand with your rifle. And I can't think of a better way for that brand-new shooter— after they finally learned how to put a hit on a piece of paper where they wanted to, I wanted to go there, now I wanted to go there, and actually being able to do that, I can't think of a better way for them to understand that weapon system than to take the time and work through those malfunctions. So they intellectually know what they're doing upstairs, you know, in their head. You can watch a YouTube video and and understand it as well, but then it's the actually doing it, and doing it in in weird ways, doing it with just one hand. Um, there's, there's no better way for a person to gain that experience and learn from that. The, the other thing we talk about like is uh, <clears throat> how doing intensive
2: blocks of instruction then builds in that baseline. Mm-hmm. I hate malfunction clearance. i got to be honest. I, I don't really get many stoppages with my rifle. Mm-hmm. It, it's a quality rifle. It's well lubed using quality image, quality magazines. But because I've done proper malfunction clearance training, when it does happen on a rare occasion, you clear it and move on. The best way to learn that kind of stuff is by spending an entire eight hour day on it and it's not something you have to waste time with, it's you're doing one eight hour day. Once you spend an eight hour day and you're sick of clearing stoppages, when things are not fun anymore is when you finally finish (laughs) learning about it. Yeah. Like, I know, again, everybody wants to do CQB and all this stuff and hanging charges. I have been on the range today like doing shoot house where I'm like, Oh my God, please, not another run, like I'm tired of hitting charge <laughs> like, and I'm I'm so sick of this. Like, please let me just go home. That's when you're actually doing the learning. Yeah. Not that training shouldn't be fun, but when you've hit that saturation point where your brain is like hurting. Yeah. And that's the way to do malfunctions. It's not ten minutes here, ten minutes there, one quick eight hour block, boom, you've now got it in your subconscious and you can focus back
1: on yeah. the you know. And with our classes like that's not you don't just show up to our class complete it and then that's oh you're good yeah right these are jared designed them to you show up we give you all that instruction that information then you go home and work yes that's your home yes that's the point then when you take that next class you're at the spot where you need to be yes
0: and as we have them set up with level one level two level three you can see the individuals who they might be taking the exact same classes and following each other but you can see the guys who are going and doing the dry fire are going to their own range and replicating replicating practicing getting in reps compared to the other person who's just showing up to classes
1: yeah if you're in a level two or level three class and you can't tell when you have slide lock or boat lock yeah like, you haven't been putting in the work. So
2: so that's another thing, too, is I want people. So I had a uh, someone reach out to me on social media about getting ready for cephalic. Uh-huh. And what classes can I take? And that was one of the things that I felt personally held me back as a student was that I was hesitant to seek out private sector training because I thought I wasn't ready yet. The reason you're taking training is because you're not ready, if that makes sense. Yep, like, Absolutely. The only way to get ready is to take classes. Like this whole, oh, I'll work up to this. It's like, oh, I want to be able to, before I walk in the gym, I want to be able to put up the bar in two 45-pound plates. <laughs>
3: Just go to the gym. Just go to the gym and start working, and you'll get there. You're not here for anyone else. Yeah, you're not. You're not you're here. You're building capacity for yourself. Right. And, okay. and, and you are here for someone else, your family, your yes, friends, right. your, your teammates. But it's not the way they look at you. No. it's You're here The, the only that people capacity. that I would ever...
2: And again, everyone starts somewhere. There are people who are far above my ability level, and they don't look down on me. I, I don't think anyone should look down on anybody who's getting training. Because if you're getting training, you've taken the first step, with just saying, I need professional instruction. I'm going to get better. Yep. And so as long as you're in class, you're doing better than the guy who doesn't come to a class and thinks he's doing great. So I guess my point is, because like my brother-in-law, he felt like he wasn't ready for a shotgun class. You just got to go take the class. Yeah. And then you'll find, hey, you know what? I'm actually better at some things than I thought I was. And it's not as scary and bad. And everybody's working at different ability levels and everybody's getting better. So just come to a
0: class. One thing I can say, too, is the four of us here, we're here because I want you three to be here with me. And you guys are here for, for a reason, meaning when you come to one of our classes, we care about you our end goal and what we want, what we get off on is seeing you improve. So I just, if you can't tell, <laughs> some of us are a little tired. Where We just uh, completed uh, two days and a night's worth of training and then without stopping, we came in here to do this podcast. And in, in the training that we just completed, one of the guys was sharing with me how he did a similar class and how different this class was because the other class that he went to, similarly, uh, almost right off the bat, the instructor started yelling and screaming and hollering at him and taking away different uh, – taking everyone's equipment away because he thought that was a, a way to teach and instruct. And, man, that's just showing that guy's insecure and that he doesn't really know how to teach or instruct. And he only cares about himself and his ego where, man, you come here, we care about you. We
3: <laughs> – I, I don't that, want people to suffer in a class. No. I want people to learn in a class. Yeah, absolutely. It, You're going to have stress. That That's part of the growing process. But I don't want that stress to be anything that I'm putting on you unless that's necessary for the drill. You know, telling you to clear a malfunction one-handed, I'm, I'm causing you some stress. But it is... It's well scripted and organized stress it's not me screaming at you like do it faster do it faster what's the point of that yeah what's the point of that the other thing is it's it's stress inoculation i mean when you get
2: down to it you're just clearing a stoppage yeah Mm -hmm. that's all it is and then when you start to realize i'm just clearing a stoppage it's just clearing a stoppage it's just a drill it's nothing
0: crazy and then after again how things are organized after that after you've done those three days and now i know the system because i can now i can do this stuff you know think it through and do it with with one hand um now it's time to to introduce to the real world and start moving yeah. start using the barricades start fighting from the ground and, and, and everything else that a- and the thing is it, is class is all about ringing things out and i think a lot of times
2: early on it becomes a uh a, a, a god shaking out of your equipment like one of our my very good friends who's who's also been a lodestone student and hopefully we can get him on this podcast uh, I think very early on, he was very much about the Gucci stuff, and buy, and, and we had some real equipment issues. And now he's, like, straighten all that out, and now it's just the learning's begun. And yeah. that's the thing is, but you can't start the learning. God, there's so many different ways to go. But, like, the Buddhist thing, empty your cup until you say, okay, I'm ready to learn. And you show up, and you're like, oh, I did this wrong, I did that wrong. Like, I showed up to the first class I did with you with a single-point sling. Yeah, and I was like, Yep, oh, got to change a few things. And So my gun wasn't totally... <laughs> well, it was, in fairness, it was a Magpul two-to-one-point convertible so I could run it either way, but yes. I learned about oh, necklacing we, the gun. Uh,
3: We had a, a guy, Jared, and I went and shot with a couple of days ago, and uh, he brought out that Magpul, and he was sitting there, he's like, oh, yeah, I, I can go two-to-one. And I looked at him like, first group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But, yeah, learning how to use a properly a two-point
2: sling, I was like, well... Now that i how to use a two-point sling properly, I don't need a two-to-one convertible. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's, and again, it's, you, you just have to say, okay, it's time to start learning. And just go to a class. Just go to a class. Stop stressing about it. Just go to a class.
1: Yeah. By you saying you don't think you're ready for a class? You're ready. You're ready for the class.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I can tell you the, the not that there's a bad student, but the only problematic students that I think I've ever had were the ones who showed up to validate how good they were the ones who showed up saying, Hey, I'm not really sure those were the best students Yeah, because they're, they're ready to learn. And then eventually get past that worry and say, Hey, I'm not going to know more, but I'm going to not know less. Yeah. So that's well said bumper sticker t-shirt.
0: <laughs> I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's a,
0: all right. Well, Hey, thank you guys for listening. And we're looking forward to to this year. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up and man, we certainly enjoy doing it with you yeah yep. can't
1: wait to see you all there
2: all right yeah see you out on the range we'll talk to you later
3: the sound suppression is
1: superb i couldn't place the direction of fire <laughs>